0: Welcome to the Digging Deep ATV MX Podcast with your host, hailing from Kokona, Wisconsin, riding a CST Tires SSI Decals Faveline Back Yamaha YFC 450R, four-time ATV Motocross National Champion, number 25, Cody Jensen.
1: What's up everybody? We're We're back! back. I'm your host Cody Jansen. This is episode 74 of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast presented by our title sponsor CST Tires available for purchase and in stock today at shop.csttires.com and if you're not yet chomping at the bit for the 2022 ATV motocross season you will be after this one. The 8th annual Daytona ATV Supercross inside the legendary confines of Daytona International Speedway is just around the corner. Slated for Tuesday, March 8th, and in the episode ahead, we'll discuss all the happenings of ATV Motocross this season, break down everything we've learned over the course of the last few months, and get you up to date and ready for the exciting season of ATV Motocross ahead of us and year two of Digging Deep ATV MX Fantasy. So buckle up because we're going to touch on every single projected Pro Rider, as well as the Pro Sport and WMX classes right here on the Digging Deep MX podcast. This one was a lot of fun. But first, let's quickly shout out all of our incredible partners. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, thanks to Valvoline, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the Financial Advice of the Haymar Financial Group, Four Carbon, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Integrated Financial Concepts, and their Safe to Race and Safe to Ride insurance programs, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, and Manscaped to get 20% off and free shipping with code diggingdeep20 at manscaped.com. Their clippers rock, their nose hair trimmer is amazing, and the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer is next level. Outside the industry, sponsors are hard to come by, so let's support Manscaped to make sure they stay involved with digging deep and ATB Motocross as a whole long into the future. I swear by the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, which includes the new Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer that I rant and rave about every week for help keeping my beard on point, the best nose hair trimmer ever created, and an array of goodies, including deodorant boxer briefs, a travel bag, and more. So check out Manscaped, I wish I would have sooner, and get 20% off with free shipping by using code DiggingDeep20 at Manscaped.com. And we're going to continue this promotion. If you DM us a screenshot of an order from Manscaped using our discount code, we'll send you a Digging Deep shirt or hat for free as well. Again, that code is DiggingDeep20 for 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped.com. Support all the great companies that support us, and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. As we start to shift our focus to the 2022 season, we both know you need parts and gear. No matter what off-road gear parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered. But before you buy, simply click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website. By using our specific link, we get a percentage of what you buy on the back end. And if you want to help us out, this is the perfect way to do so while purchasing the parts that you need. And did you know that you can buy OEM parts from Rocky Mountain ATVMC? Yep, shipped conveniently to your door. So click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner at diggingdeepatvmx.com to help us out while satisfying all your gear and parts needs this offseason. We can't thank you enough for that. That Rocky Mountain ATVMC link is on the right side of our homepage at diggingdeepatvmx.com, and right underneath that, you'll find our new Amazon widget. So same concept. Before you buy from Amazon, simply go to our website, click that Amazon logo on the right side of our screen underneath Rocky Mountain, purchase whatever your heart desires, and we'll get a percentage of what you buy on the back end. We all shop from Amazon, so use our Amazon link to help us out while you buy. Digging Deep can't thank you enough for that. We have a couple donors to shout out this week, DBC Racing. Thanks so much for your gracious donation to support us and bring you guys more episodes like this one. DBC posts all kinds of cool stuff on their social media pages. The the last post that I saw was a clean TRX, ready for a rip in the snow, took me back to my youth, loved spinning laps out in the snow for countless hours, hours and hours and hours on end. I love that. So I loved seeing that post there, DBC Racing. Thank you guys so much. And also a shout out to our boy, Justin Branham. Justin is a reoccurring donor. I don't have words to describe how thankful I am to Justin for his continued support. Our content is free to our listeners and it always will be, but donations like these help us justify all the blood, sweat, tears, time, effort, and dollars that we continue to invest into this thing. So thanks so much again, guys. You freaking Rock. And if you are interested in donating and hearing your name on the show, you can find the Patreon or buy me a coffee donation links on our website. And again, from the bottom of our hearts, thanks so much to all of you who have donated. We appreciate it beyond words. But now it's showtime. The 30 second board is up, it's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Let's go. All right guys, we've hammered out show after show this off season talking the legends of the sport and reliving past memories and we have a few big names scheduled yet for this off season, but I thought it was time with Daytona just over a month away and 2022 digging deep ATBMX fantasy signups now open. To start getting excited for the 2022 ATV motocross season. So, brought to you by Manscaped and their Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer. Go to manscaped.com today to get 20% off plus free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Here to talk some current day ATV racing with me and break down some of the big news this offseason from Impact Solutions, it's Mr. Casey Greek. What's up, Casey? Welcome back. It's been a minute.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Cody. It's uh, been a minute. It's been some awesome shows, though, lately. I um, I do a lot of driving, so it's been really good listening and exciting to hear some of the history and a lot of things even I didn't know. didn't know a whole, whole bunch about Cody, even though I was in the sport at the same time he was. There was a lot of details I didn't get to know, so it was awesome to hear that and excited to get into this one, and it was really exciting to hear – from Cody. I know everyone really wanted it. So
1: good times. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We, we tried to make that one happen for a long time. Um, I joked with him that I wasn't going to believe that it was actually happening until I saw him on the screen in front of me. So, uh, it, it lived up to the hype though, that the numbers were huge. Some of the biggest some of the biggest stuff we ever did, the the biggest uh, first week, you know, one week numbers we've ever done. So uh, for anybody that hasn't listened to the Cody Gibson show, uh, definitely go back and do that. But yeah, it was awesome. I learned a ton too. Um, and man, he blew me away. Like as much as he seemed like the exact same person as he was 10 years ago or whatever, when we last saw him, he was also like super, you know, well-spoken and articulate. And I don't, I just, I don't know. It was awesome. Uh, Awesome to hear that. Awesome to talk about, you know, taking out half the pro-am field and uh, not knowing what he was doing. He's like, I didn't know how to put that wheelie down, you know? So it's uh, crazy to think how good he was. Like um, I think I spent the week or two, you know, with, with my posts and stuff, because not everybody was around 10 years ago you know people come and go from the sport obviously and uh to to th- try to tell people how great he, of a pro-am rider he was it's it's actually like hard to put into words because he i mean i don't know that and i said this to him but i don't know that we ever saw anybody dominate the way he did it was incredible
2: yeah like, especially i really watched him that year in 2012 when he come back and right. rode for mikey on the walsh hybrid yeah and um I was pretty tight with Casey Martin,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: I think, I think if I remember correctly, the moto that Casey beat Cody that year is, like, one of the only motos he lost. Yeah. Um, the guy that Casey had working for him couldn't come that weekend, and I ended up wrenching for him on Sunday. I was working for Natalia at the time, and I ended up pitboarding for him, and, like, Casey was such a good time, and, and Cody yeah. was always fun, and so, yeah. like, there was nothing serious about it. Like, we joked around, and... Drew pictures on pit boards and stuff and just had a blast. But I, if I remember that's what it was, or he was leading, maybe Cody ended up getting them. I just can't remember and pinpoint it, but I can't remember exactly what race it was.
1: It was red bud. It was red bud. Right. I I swear.
0: it was.
2: I think it was red bud, but I want to say I helped Casey at Walnut though.
0: Okay. Well, those are, I
2: was listening to the show. I went up and I looked at results and then I, and I still couldn't put it together. So, okay. Okay, whatever.
1: Yeah. So, and so in one of the classes, I think it was production. He had an undefeated overall season. He had a couple, he had a couple motos that he didn't win or whatever. Casey was definitely the second best guy that year. I said that on the show. Um, Yeah. And I said that on social media too, you know, being in that class at the time, like Casey, Casey was almost in a class of his own as well. Uh, I feel like, um, but yeah, he's such a great dude too, you know, the showing up at the first race. I just saw a picture or a video. Uh, Cody's in first, Casey's in second, I'm in third, and Casey's got no graphics on his bike, uh, just like, uh, just you know, oh, whatever. And then he ends up having the, you know, the me, like the Talladean ice reference, yeah. you know, uh, just awesome. Like, those are such great times, uh, such great memories. Like, that was such an awesome time for the sport. too I'm sure you think back to those years too, like, uh, just such an awesome time. Like, you were working, like, you said, with factory Can Am at the time. Um, but yeah, just a, such a great era. So I love, I love like talking to these guys from the past. And it's almost like for that period of time during the conversation, you take yourself right back to where you were, you know, during those years. And that's a, that's a fun, you know, fun thing to do, fun memories to relive for all of us, I think.
2: Yeah, it was awesome. And I think something for everyone that has listened or, you know, the people that haven't that need to listen. Um, One of the things that hit home with me kind of more on like a serious note, but still, you know, the same Cody Gibson was the mental game. When, you know, when he rode for Mikey, he was, his, his mental game was so good. And then when he went away from Mikey for that year or two or whatever it was, like he said, his mental game went away, you know, he got hurt and he had these issues and stuff. And then when he came back and he rode for Mike, like, he's like, my mental game was just back and it didn't matter. I just knew I was going to win. And I've really brewed and like stewed on that over the last couple of weeks. And it's something that I've been talking to a couple of my riders about and trying to get their heads right and make sure because there's some guys out there, um, you know, like Dane kind of reminds me of that. Mm -hmm. Like Dane's head game is so strong and that's why he can go from, you know, the A class into pro sport and be competitive instantly Mm -hmm. is he believed when he went to that line that he belonged there and he could win. Mm -hmm. And so it's just really cool to see, you know, how, how important that is. So like, you know, we hear dirt bike guys talk about, oh, I got a mental coach, and like you almost giggle at times, but it's it's legit.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, the mental game, the mental game is is so much of it, and you're exactly right. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, Cody Gibson was cut different um, from day one. He was trying to almost like make a mockery of everybody, and that stood out to me too. And uh, yeah, just to again to to relive some of those memories and like we've seen so many great guys like we've seen great guys come up through the you know the ranks and and you know race in the pro am class and kind of you know become stars overnight and stuff like that and i just kept sitting there thinking about who reminded me of cody gibson you know because again we've had guys dominate the class we watched bryce ford dominate you know pro am a couple years ago and i just don't know that anybody reminds me of the way Cody did it to that level. And maybe it's just because, you know, remembering, you know, things always become glorified over time, but with Cody, I truly don't think that that's the case. I think that he was that stand out for those, for those years, nearly 40 overall wins and in, in three seasons, you know, like it's, it's unreal. And, uh, it, it, it's incredible really. And the thing that also stood out to me, cause I think I think some of the reason why Cody didn't want to sit down with me for the longest time. And he said, like, he doesn't like talking about himself. Didn't want anybody to think he was stuck up or, or, you know, full of himself or anything like that. But the other thing was he didn't think that his story was worth telling. And not only, not only did he do an incredible job, he's a legit legend. It doesn't matter if he made it in the pro class or not. Um, And he was able to tell us why, which I think was lost over time as well. But, Mm He also showed, and I said this to him, but I kind of want to double down on it while we're talking about it because he showed that like, you don't have to come from, you know, a bunch of money or racing, you know, for however many years as a youth rider or whatever. It was like, as soon as he got, you know, had the opportunity to go to the races, got to the races, he was going to make it. Cause that's what he wanted to do. And I just thought it was a, you know, there's so many people that say, well, I, you know, I'll never get a chance to go to the races. I'll never, you know, I'll, you know, look at other people that have that opportunity or whatever. And I don't know, Cody just wanted it bad enough. And he found yeah. his opportunity that way. And I just thought like that, even just that, like it wouldn't even matter how he did, but he went on to be an amazing racer, but that aspect of his story alone is worth telling because he wanted it bad enough. And it's like, he just spoke it into existence and made the most of his opportunities. And that part is incredible. So it's like, no matter what, you know, you can make it happen like one way or another, you can make it happen. And I thought that his story embodied that really well.
2: Yeah. And I've listened to, you know, I listened to whiskey throttle and I actually listened to the Pastrana show this morning mm-hmm. and it's kind of the same thing. Like they, they, third mortgage on their house like everything they can to get to the races and then he backflips into the ocean and loses any money that they made from you know that competition that weekend loses all the purse money has a fine mm-hmm. he's literally everyone probably thought he was rich already already at that time but he was still like they were dead broke mm-hmm. like his dad's like well what's last place pay a thousand bucks okay we'll have fuel money to get back to maryland so you know and that's kind of like cody's story you know their bikes getting stolen and you know, the wheel spacers and it's just cool. (laughs) And, you know, but even like listening to, you know, I've been wanting to do this, so we're probably going to eat up our time here. Um, I've been into the podcast stuff so much lately yeah. and like listening to Shane's story, um, you know, and kind of where, you know, how he came from it and he he didn't want to go train all the time, but he just wanted to go ride. Mm -hmm. I didn't care if I was in the woods. I didn't care if I was on a flat track. I didn't care if I was motocross track. Yeah. You know, and Corey Ellis' story, the way the evolution uh, for Yamaha and so much mm-hmm. stuff is cool. I think, um, and I'm sure you're probably already on top of it, but I think Tim Farr yeah. is going to be a really good show whenever you get that to happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, it. it's just hearing those guys' stories is, is what made this sport what it is, mm-hmm. and, you know, stories like Cody's and, you know, one day we're going to be able to talk to talk about stories of Joel and Chad and their legacy that lives on. So it's, it's awesome.
1: I'm proud of what we're doing at digging deep because some of those legacies and stories and stuff should be able to live on, you know, and, and, um, you know, stand the test of time basically, because otherwise like Cody Gibson's story was fading you know, it was fading hard. Yeah. Like we haven't seen him in a decade. Right. And now it's out there and his, you know, his, uh his recognition is as high as it's been in the last 10 years, probably. And that's going to remain because people will be able to, you know, to enjoy that over and over again. But um, yeah. Yeah. So, so Tim is Tim, Timmy far is one of the guys that we definitely, um, you know, want to get on soon. We're working with uh, with Mark Baldwin to pull off something like that soon. So uh, people should, you know, stay on the lookout for that Dana as well. Dana, has been working on some stuff behind the scenes and we're going to get him on ASAP. And uh, yeah, so it should be exciting. we got a lot of cool stuff coming up, but uh, Casey, let's talk about you a little bit. So how are things at at impact solutions? Uh, This has to be about the busiest time of year for you guys, I would bet. So how are things there?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome. Um, We're wide open. I mean, the guys are just killing it. We're, you know, I've sat in front of the computer we worked all day getting shocks out getting the trailer ready you know it's time to start getting some testing in and and getting a lot of things going so you know we're just wide open and then you know it comes down to last minute i'm building shocks you know doing this and then i'm like oh man i got all these orders i need to put in i need to get parts so we can keep shocks moving so i sat there until about midnight last night just putting in orders and different things just to get stuff done um it's the only time i can get away from being on the phone or whatever i'm doing but Shop's cranking, you know, the guys are good. Um, I think we're going to have some pretty big news here soon um, with a couple different things. And, you know, we're just trying to evolve and, and keep pushing the envelope and try to, you know, make things better for everyone and try to, you know, stay, you know, a step ahead and trying and trying and trying. So I'm excited to get down uh, next week and get some testing in. Um, looks like I'll get the test with Joel, Jeffrey, Logan's there um it's going to be a good week
1: yeah that's great to hear i think think like impact solutions it's almost like you guys grow seems like exponentially every year to where each season, you're just becoming bigger and bigger and more trusted. And it's like you guys are the guys, especially at ATV motocross uh, events. But you guys are the guys that everybody's going to for suspension tuning and trusting you for all their suspension needs. So um, it makes sense. And obviously, I've been an Impact Solutions guy forever. I can't wait to get some new Alka's mounted up in my YFZ450Rs. So stoked about that, but thankfully I don't need to be ready for Daytona because, uh, I don't think I could pull that off with all the, the, the difficulty it is to get parts and parts availability being such a tough deal right now. Um, but. Uh, what I do want to go over Casey, we should get into some of the, the current racing talk that we had planned for today. Um, I want to go over some of the biggest stories of this off season, some of the the biggest storylines that we have kind of coming into Daytona as Daytona nears. And I want to tell our listeners, you know, basically everything we know about, uh, the riders and topics and stories involving each rider as we go down the list, starting with none other than the reigning, defending, undisputed, and back-to-back eight-time ATV motocross national champion Chad Weenan. Uh, we know Chad signed a two-year extension with Yamaha this off-season, so Chad's going to be back, presumably with a program that's nearly identical to what we've you know known him to be on in the past year. And until determined otherwise, he's got to be the 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 man to beat, Casey.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can't take anything from Chad. I mean, look at, you know, everything the guy's accomplished and how solid he is, and it seems like he almost gets better as time goes on, and he continues to keep pushing and pushing and, you know, raising the bar. And, you know, him and Joel, both of these guys, I mean, their their speeds are just incredible. And, you know, for him to sign another two-year deal, you know, that means we get another two years at least of Chad. And that's a good thing for the sport. Um, Yamaha signing a contract with anyone is a good thing for the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's really good for all of us. And um, this, like the sport in general, I mean, I basically just wrote down like it's good for the sport. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, obviously it's good for Chad.
0: Yeah, of but- course
2: though my outlook on it is they're signing contracts with guys and it's not just for one season It's a two-year deal Mm -hmm. you know it's an extension of something that he's already had so um the competition to have chad still racing and being as competitive as he is and you know right there winning races and battling with joe all the time that's good for both of those guys i mean Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for that it might be a little dry at times you know so it's gonna be good and i think You know, we obviously have some kids coming through Mm -hmm. that are going to add some spice to that fire.
1: Oh, for sure. That's what stands out to me, Casey. I'm glad that you hit on that because. Earlier this offseason, when he announced that he signed this two year extension, and, and obviously we shared it on the digging deep stuff, and you had people commenting, like, Well, who else would he sign with, or whatever? And I'm thinking that's beyond the point. It's the fact that he signed, you know, for two more years. So presumably he's going to be around for that time. And that means Yamaha is going to be involved for two more years. Like I, I just, that's the part that stood out to me, but you always got the Debbie downers of, of social media. Um, but speaking of Yamaha that the number one OEM supporter of ATV racing announced their full lineup of side-by-sides and sport ATVs earlier this week, kind of putting to bed all the doomsday narratives. Speaking of Debbie downers, I was seeing plenty of doomsday narratives the last couple of weeks, you know, saying that Yamaha wasn't going to produce a, a sport quad anymore and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that couldn't be any further from the truth. So, uh, get out to your your local Yamaha dealer and join me in making the switch to the industry leader, um, the YFZ450R for the 2022 season. Uh, So I'm glad we were able to touch on the the Yamaha stuff there. I think that that's a key thing that Yamaha is going to continue to produce these quads and continue to support the sport. And you have people that are like, you know, the, the bold new graphics is always the joke. Right. Um, But the fact that they're putting out a new quad, like still, like I was seeing yesterday as we, as we announced the news that they're, you know, announced this new lineup for the, the 2022 season, the 2022 models. And I'm like, why are we, why are I, I hate to say it, but why are we bitching? You know, they're putting out new quads and you got people on there that are like, you know, the quad hasn't changed in 10 years or whatever. And I'm like, well, that's not true for one. You know, it's got, it's got a slipper clutch now. I mean, the, the quad continues to get better, but again, we have Yamaha producing a sport quad. So why, like, can't we just focus on how awesome that is? And they're signing Chad to deals and they got, you know, all these, the you know, there's more and more riders, you know, uh, running yamahas and yamaha cares enough about our sport that's they're supporting our show here um I, i've said this so many times but man let's just appreciate that yamaha is here like that's that's what we should be focusing on i guess and and i guess i'll leave it at that
2: yeah and the fact that you can walk into a dealership and buy one
1: exactly you don't have
2: to buy a used you know clapped out machine and try to refurb it all. you can exactly. walk in and buy a brand new one and build it so mm-hmm. you know hats off to those guys um I've been saying it for a long time, and I think I've said it on the show before. But I've been saying it for a long time. Like I really like the Yamaha, and I think you know the Honda. A lot of guys stuck with it for a long time because it was it wasn't as scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: you're because exactly you right
2: to the to the YZR. You know, fuel injection and all this stuff. But man, that stuff's evolved so far. Now mm-hmm. we have programmers. There's guys at the races. I know, like Tim Detling, always has his computer there. Mark Baldwin's got his there, like they can help you with that stuff in, in a matter of minutes yeah. where, you know, you could spend all day jetting a carbureted bike and it could have been the stator right. or, you right. know, just like silly things or,
3: yeah. you know,
2: your leak jet fell out and you never thought to take the you know, injector cover off or anything. So it's Oh man. Yeah. Well, and the one happy, exactly. We have this
1: exactly. One of the things that we touched on with Jeffrey is the reliability thing. And that was, you know, one of the, despite my relationship with Yamaha, um, with digging deep, like one of the biggest things was I knew Yamaha was going to up my reliability with my machines and, you know, you you take the Hondas and where you're tweaking on the machine is the engine. Like that's all you can really tweak on a, on a Honda and on the Yamaha you don't have to have the thing tweaked to the moon because you're making more power with your ECU or your fuel pump or whatever name, you know, the electronics. And I think that that's one of the additional aspects that makes them so much more reliable is you're not tweaking them to the nth degree, you know, with your, with your motor setup. And I think that that's a, that's a great selling point for the Yamaha as a race machine as well. Not only like a, a perfect, you know, put a million hours on a trail machine or practice machine, but the race machine too. I, 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 do believe that they're just more, they're more durable and more reliable. I think that that's proven.
2: Well, and the, the fact that the transmission looks like it came out of a diesel truck,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean,
2: the, the transmission gears on the thing is incredible. I remember when, um, Chad first got on it back in 2012 and, you know, Ryan Cox and myself were good friends and I'm like, how, you know, how is that? And Ryan's obviously a well, well-renowned engine builder mm-hmm. and, you know, done amazing things. Yeah, And I'm like, how is it? He's like, you don't have to worry about transmissions. He's like, the thing is stout. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know,
0: mm-hmm. it's
2: good to know that stuff. And then I, you know, obviously I've learned a lot more about the machine as you're learning a lot more about it now too. Yeah, And you know, it is reliable. It's good stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, exciting. It's all the Yamaha stuff is exciting to me. It's all new to me, but the more I learn, the more I like the machine. Uh, Casey, I forgot to ask you, did you have a impact solutions impact moment, uh, for this week? I hate to hate to spring it on you right now, but we, we highlight, you know, good and positive things happening in ATV racing. Can you think of anything over the course of the last weeks or months, anything cool you want to, you want to highlight here?
2: Um, I think it's, just kind of everything in general for the most part i i mean obviously everything, everything we just we touched all, on
1: probably
2: <laughs> yeah a lot of that um you know we all know um it's hard to get parts right now
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know it's hard for all of us to get parts it's not just the consumer it's us as vendors oh it's you the know, supply. struggle yeah. there yeah yeah and so people are starting to catch the new norm which is you know it's an unfortunate new norm for all of us mm-hmm. but we're i'm seeing some relief in the people because before you know, four or five months ago when everyone still thought they could call up and have a set of shocks the next day. Right. I'm like, dude, that's not how it works anymore. Like we production's at max. And so we're pushing as hard as we can mm-hmm. to get it there. And then, you know, once we get them, we gotta do our thing to them and then we gotta get them to you. It's a it's a longer process than what it was right. um, before. So, you know, there's a positive there. I think um the buzz through the industry is really positive right now. I think we're gonna have incredible. Daytona is going to be insane.
0: I agree. You know, and we're
2: going we're gonna to speak about pro-am and pro-sport and stuff here in a little bit. Um, Pro-class, I think, is going to be really good. Pro-sports is going to be really good. WMX is going to be really good. Um, but the vibe's hot right now. There's a lot of people getting ready. And, I mean, since I've been on here with you, you know, let's call it 25 minutes or so, my phone's just burp, burp, burp. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. I'm going to be in the doghouse when I get off of here. So it's
1: no, good. Well, well, yeah, we're talking about those guys. So, uh, they're benefiting yeah. from what we're doing as well. Uh, but okay. So next up on our list here, getting back to the, the racers of the AMA ATV pro class right now, uh, is Joel Hetrick. We know, uh, you work closely with that Phoenix racing program, Casey, what can you tell us about Joel's off season so far? We know he's pounding laps at Deckers, uh, but what more can you tell us?
2: Um, I mean, it's kind of the social media kind of ruins this part of it for us in a sense, because you kind of get to see, yeah. I haven't got to spend any time with Joel. I'm obviously going to spend some time with him next week. Um, so I might have a little bit more insight after next week, but mm-hmm. from what I can see, and, and obviously I've talked to him quite a bit, man, he's in a really good place. His, his head's right. He's, he's having a good time down there at Deckers. You know, every time I talk to him, he's like, man, it's just so cool. He's like, you know, I just walk out of my motor and walk right over to the gym, you know, when you do laundry we'll walk over and do laundry you know like it's just mm-hmm. that's gonna put his head in like a really good place and not that he didn't really have the same features at jeffrey's but he doesn't have to like drive anywhere to go ride or do mm-hmm. that stuff so it's it's saving him a little bit of time allowing him to do some more you know training off the machine stuff i think mm-hmm. um and then just with him moving to north carolina and being closer to the race shop when he was preparing to get ready to go down South to go to Florida and start training. I yep. think that eased some of it and the easier you can make it. And it's something that I've seen Chad do for years is Chad's made it so easy. He's got a, you know, a nice place out in Florida. He can go do his thing. He's got a perfect setup when he's home. He's got all the comforts of the world. The kids are happy. Everyone's good. Mm-hmm. He rides right out of his garage, right into his beautiful track that he's got there. So I moral of it is I really think Joel's head's in the right place Good, and he's made decisions to put himself into that position.
1: Yeah. Which is great to hear because we discussed on these shows last year. Um, and Joel basically said as much to us that there was a lot going on behind the scenes last year was dealing with life stuff yeah. and and whatever. Um, so to, to kind of simplify everything. and And that's a big thing. That's a big selling point on Deckers, right? Because the years that I lived down there, <laughs> like staying at Waldo or staying at Orlando or whatever, like that was the track, but I had to do a lot of traveling. Like I probably drove an hour a day to go to the gym. You know, yeah. and uh, and yeah. and all of that stuff is not only time consuming; it's expensive. Like you just you lose you lose big portions of your day that way. And the other thing about Deckers is there's no way to be at Deckers and not know where you stack up because everybody's there. <laughs> Every single yeah. person is there. Like I I reached out to a bunch of bunch of riders that we'll get into uh, as we go on the list here uh, over the last couple of days just wanting to know what their program was like or whatever. And every one of them brought up Deckers, you know, so,
2: yeah,
1: uh, um, yeah. so that's the place to be. There's no doubt. I mean, they, they literally have the market cornered for ATV motocross. Definitely.
2: Well, and and they, you know, they're emphasizing on ATV motocross. Exactly. You know, there's, exactly. there's a couple of tracks up here in North Carolina that are doing some stuff. You know, they allow quads and stuff and they want quads there which is cool. Uh, Max and Michael Allred are getting ready to do a riding school. Yeah, I saw that. uh, A motocross track here in uh, North Carolina, which is really cool. Um, But, I mean, other than that, I mean, Decker's got it covered, and I think the sport, you know, us riders, everyone needs to support that, Mm -hmm. you know, and and utilize what is given to us in that sense of having a place that says, yeah, come on. Mm -hmm, We got all the hookups in the world you need. You know, we're going to take care of you. You know, I was talking to my buddy, Tommy Lombardo, and he went down there for a week. And he's like, man, he's like, they got like a cook there. There's a, you know, bonfire every night. There's just, it's always something cool mm-hmm. and fun to do. Yeah. So it, it's really good. And, you know, thank you to them for going out on limb and doing this. And, you know, thank you to the consumers and the riders that are going for supporting it.
1: Absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, former partner of ours, but we've said it since then too, that, you know, you need to, uh, you know, ATV, the ATV community needs to continue to support them for being an ATV friendly place, like you said. So that's awesome. Um, so we touched on, you know, uh, Chad Weenan and Joel Hetrick there. Those two guys will be the two riders to choose from in digging deep ATV MX fantasy at Daytona. And yes, the first and only ATV fantasy league is back for season two, as you compete for bragging rights and in both weekly and season-ending prize opportunities while showing you know ATV Motocross better than the rest of us. Digging Deep ATV MX Fantasy was a, a such a major hit last year. I can't even begin to describe, I think, how much excitement it created and buzz and attention and everything at the races as well. So uh, by the time that this episode goes live, sign up for ATV Fantasy will be open. So head over to atvfantasy.com today. And the best part of fantasy is it added no stress to Casey Greek's life. Right, Casey?
2: Oh, none at all. So it added so <laughs> least amount of stress that I didn't play pulp Supercross Fantasy this year. So I could save my money because oh I, I figured out a way that I'm going to win the Digging Deep Fantasy next year. So I'm going to sign up with like three different accounts.
0: Oh, there you go. So I
2: can pick every – see, and I shouldn't be telling everyone my secrets. <laughs> but you don't want to follow me in because I'm terrible.
0: But oh, my gosh.
2: I, I'm going to have Yeah, – I'm going to finish first, second, and third.
1: okay you know that's like uh, i
2: saved my money
1: so so i play like uh fantasy football like the daily stuff and um i used to do that i used to have like two or three different teams you know and you bet a couple bucks on each one um but i realized that typically if you have multiple teams you still lose so i don't know if that's how it works in (laughs) atv atv fantasy or not but um yeah we'll see how that all works out but yeah it's going to be exciting we'll get right back to the show but now a word from our sponsors and thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. Welcome to the team, two-time champ Joel Hetrick, who dropped the biggest news of the off-season when he announced his move to CST Tires. The CST Takeover has been gaining momentum over the past several seasons, and now Joel Hetrick and his Phoenix Racing teammate Jeffrey Rostrelli are the most recent additions. The Pulse MXR tire has helped lead riders like Thomas Brown to race wins and three consecutive Quad Cross of Nations titles, Nick Janusa to the Pro Class podium, myself Cody Jansen as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears to back-to-back national championships in the Junior 25 Plus class. And the most recent additions have us thinking a Pro Class National Championship is on the horizon for CST tires. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Visit shop.csttires.com to join the CST takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli Nick Janusa, myself, and so many others are believers in CST tires. Are you... CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. You already know we're Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATV-MX podcast. Whether it's second all-time winningest, seven-time and reigning ATV-MX Pro Class National Champion Chad Wienan, or six-time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler, it's clear the podium-proven Yamaha YFC 450R is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This unprecedented success for the YFC 450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undeniable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has created a Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Better yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and even stronger for 2021, meaning Yamaha riders are about to cash in on higher payouts and more prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability as well as a longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, and everywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at Valvoline.com. SSI Decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big-time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best-looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Wienan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATV Motocross without SSI Decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, pro motocross and supercross canadian pro motocross short course off-road trucks utvs snowcross and oh yeah six-time nhra world champion clay Milliken. no project is too big or too small for SSI decals making your identity stick with championship level graphics head over to ssidecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick The Digging Deep ATV-MX podcast is brought to you in part by DID and their wide range of championship-winning chains. From the street to the track and everywhere in between, DID chains are designed to give you the optimal riding experience with great performance and increased chain life. Consistent to the core, pick up your box of reliability today. DID, what drives you?
3: We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, that allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Numira Technologies, Pistons with an Attitude. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years, with a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits. Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world. Visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. Forworks works Carbon's innovative, lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shot guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, 4Works has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust 4Works for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. 4Works Carbon, always working hard to bring high-quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com.
1: So our next tier of riders, um, features a couple riders making major changes to their program and a couple riders kind of sticking to similar programs to last year in 2021, starting with Bryce Ford. So he was third in points last year. He's back with a, a similar program, a similar, you know, deal to last year, I would assume. And he's probably the favorite for that third spot until, you know, determined otherwise, Casey.
2: Yeah, um, you know, I think it's going to be a dicey race there. I think Bryce is going to be more mature, mm-hmm. you know, with another year under his belt. And, yeah. you know, his physical game is going to be spot on and he's going to be very competitive. I think he's going to be one that can get up there and kind of drive a wedge in here with Chad and Joel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then there's guys that are obviously think thinking, no way, like, I got to be, I'm going to be right there with him. And I think that's what's going to end up tightening up this top five
0: mm-hmm. is
2: these guys evolving. So um, I I look for pretty big things out of Bryce. I think it's going to be a, a banner year for him in the sense of he now, it goes back to kind of this, you know, talking about Cody Gibson and the mental thing. Mm-hmm. I think his head is going to be the biggest key to him this year and, sure. and his success.
1: Sure. Yeah. I think that, um, we saw him kind of get away from the ATV stuff this off season. He's done a lot of two wheel riding and stuff like that. And I think that maybe that break is a good thing, you know, like it's good to get away sometimes. So he's been out there, you know, racing motocross on the two wheel side of things, which I think is good, but yeah, he's one of those guys that's going to be fun to watch. And that, that tier two group, uh, that, that kind of second tier of podium contender guys was the most intriguing Group of riders to watch last season. And I assume that that's going to be true again in 2022, mostly because, you know, like I said, you got guys that are doing the same thing as last year and you got guys making major changes in that, you know, change up. It's going to be fun to see how that all you know, stacks up, um, especially like this next guy, we're looking at Jeffrey Restrelli. you know, he's gotten major changes coming to his program as he announced his move from Phoenix, uh, from Phoenix racing to Restrelli racing for 2022. He announced it right here on digging deep earlier this month. And you were a big part of that Casey. You were a big part of that decision. You were a big part of his program in the past, obviously, and you're going to be a big program, uh, part of his program going forward. And um, I think that that's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting for Jeffrey to do something different different. but he's a guy that's you know making major changes and it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out
2: yeah and I think with Jeffrey I mean he you know we had talked you know back I don't know September October November maybe whenever it was when you know we kind of made this he made this decision and he just kind of looked at you know he called me he's like I'm not calling you because you're a sponsor or any of this stuff he's like you're a friend of mine Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're going to tell me straight. And I'm like, well, do you want to go racing? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, have you talked with Phoenix, blah, blah, blah. So we went, he went through kind of all that stuff. And I said, Jeffrey, you, you're going to have to make a decision here to bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether, you know, if they if you do end up getting a deal with Phoenix, then good, great. You know, but if you don't, you need to start putting a backup plan in place, You know, and if if something comes through somewhere else or whatever, then you have to make that conscious decision when it comes time. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think the release of, you know, him starting his own program was as late as it was, um, because this was, you know, in the works relatively early in the offseason. But I think for Jeffrey, if you look back, I think I've seen someone posted a picture on Joel's birthday and Jeffrey was in it and he was on JB's team then. And since since Jeffrey's been on big bikes, he's been on a team. Like he rode for JB, he rode for Baldwin, he's been on Phoenix. He's never had to do it as a like a Ristrelli racing thing. So what I think this is going to be for Jeffrey, um, not that Jeffrey's never put 100% in, like he's always put 100% in. You can see it in his emotions, mm-hmm. like that he's yeah. all in. So, But it's a different all in. He's literally all in. Like every dime he's got, every... Everything mm-hmm. he can is going all into this program now. So it's a full bet on himself. Yep. And I think that that can it's going to benefit him. I truly believe it's going to benefit him. It I could go so. two different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'll always play devil's advocate. It could go the other way where the pressure is too much or whatever. But Jeffrey's not a pressure guy. Like, he's fine under pressure. He's a, he's a veteran of the sport. This is going to benefit him. Not that all those legendary and fantastic programs were bad for him. But it's a big change in how he's doing things. There's no one to go, well, I didn't get this or, you know, it didn't happen. Because there's, there's certain things at times on teams. I've been on factory teams. You can't always just go out and use whatever you want to use. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to use what the team uses. That's why we all have contracts with riders and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So it's not a, a bad thing for the team. That's just what we have to do. Well, right now, he's picking and choosing. So if there's something he don't like at the end of the day, the only person he can blame is himself. Mm-hmm. And when it gets to that, we watch Chad Reed do it. You know, and if you think about where Jeffrey was in his career and where Chad was in his career when he doubled down on himself, yeah. you know, Jeffrey obviously had a good year last year, mm-hmm. but not the year before or the year before that. So right. yeah. when you double down on yourself, all of a sudden you're going to resurgent. So mm-hmm. that's what I look for from Jeff.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I I said to Jeffrey on the the podcast that we recorded there that, yeah, like I I think you you take more ownership of everything that you're doing. Um, Your hands are on every aspect of it. And I think that that's going to have a positive effect for him. Like even with my own program, even like, you know, years ago, taking the reins from my dad, you know, running basically my little race program and then doing it all myself. Even like, even that for me was like, you know, not that I wasn't all in prior to that, but it was like, you just care a little more because you're seeing everything that goes into it. You know, like Jeffrey said, you know, he's, he's spending all the money to make this happen. So the way for people to go out there and support Jeffrey is to support Ristrelli racing and buy some of your parts from there and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be good. I was going to ask you, you know, if we should expect a similar Jeffrey to last year, if we should expect a better, you know, maybe even, you know, I hate to say it, but a worse Jeffrey now that he's on his own, but I think that we're in a that he's going to be better. I truly believe, and he had a great season last year, but I think the potential is there to have a better season. And we know he's on good equipment. You know, that Yamaha, looks like he's running Baldwin, Baldwin engines. Um, I know rocket, rocket machining and design. I mean, everything they do is great. You know, they're meticulous and you can look at those bikes. They look amazing. So, uh, I think that I think that there's good things in store. I'll put it that way. Good things in store for Jeffrey this 2022 season. And for people that haven't listened, uh, go back and listen to episode 72 because he goes over it all. And you could you could hear the excitement in his voice. I'm ass- I'm assuming you got that same thing from that, Casey.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. And I listened to that show. And, you know, I talked to Jeffrey almost daily.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, every day it's something. And he's turned into this like little social media darling. I know. Now. You know, he, yeah. he's always he's not been quiet social media guy, but like now he's doing like Instagram lives and stuff like that. And I think, I think that's awesome. I mean, I that's a it. huge deal. I mean, you know, being able to present yourself and being media savvy is huge in this sport. Um, yes, that's kind of how you have evolved. <laughs> like, you know what yeah, I mean? Like honestly, you yeah. you've just killed it. And, and I explain that to people a lot of times. I'm like, you sit back and look at the guys that are, you know, doing things. And a lot of it, is from social media and different things like that and Mm -hmm. you know me and jeffrey touched on that stuff back then and uh, this is weird to say but i sat back and did the math the other day and this year is my 25th year in racing as a profession okay and so um i don't know that a lot of people know that or they do or i don't know but i've been doing this for the greater part of my life yeah as a profession and so when you do it from a professional side and you do this stuff, like you pay attention to things and then you kind of start to learn, you know, at some point I hope I learned something over all these years. And so (laughs) when I get someone like Jeffrey that I really care for and I've been a big part of his program and, uh, you know, trying to help him over the years, when he calls, I try to give him hard facts. Like here it is, black or white. And that's what he did. He bet on himself. And I think it's awesome
1: and he wants to like, he's a listener. He wants to listen, you know? And I think that that's a, that's a great, um, you know, that's a great trait that people need to pick up on too. Uh, talking about another guy that you're working with, I believe, um, Nick Janusa, he's coming back on a similar ride as last year. I'm sure, uh, you began working with Nick a little bit last year. Is he, is, is he continuing to work with you? Are you part of that program for 2022 as well?
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, helping Nick, Working with him, um, good. He he's awesome. He's he's really easy to work with. Yeah. Um, he don't blow me up constantly. I don't have to talk to him every single day. Like he just knows we're good. And I know I know we're good.
0: Mm-hmm. He's
2: sticking to pretty much the same program. I mean, his programs have a little different look this year, okay. and I think um, you'll probably end up talking to him before the season starts or something. But um, you know, he's went through through a few hardships this winter. His dad yep. had a pretty bad stroke, and so that's going to be the biggest difference in his program. You're, you know, he's probably not going to have the big rig and stuff like that. He's on downscale, how he gets to the races. Um, But I think he's going to work with Tim Detling and the TDR crew a little tighter this year, Good, Good. um, Good. which I think is going to be a good, solid point for Nick's program. You know, Tim's been doing his engines for three years now, I think.
1: Yeah. For a while. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. So, um, so that's not new to him, but being more involved with that program is going to be, a big deal for Nick and for Tim. Good. So, and, you know, I got a lot to do over at the Tim at the TDR rig, so it would be nice to have Nick real close by so I can always keep an eye on him and keep checked up with him. So I expect, you know, Nick was killer last year at Daytona.
0: Yeah, he was. And,
2: um, you know, bar a couple little issues, man, he was right there in the points with Jeffrey and Bryce. And, you know, until Wesley got hurt for that third running position and Max.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that most people like Nick, um, he's such a competitor. Like I feel like he's Uber competitive. So as a guy that like raced against him for a lot of years, I don't like, I didn't know where I like, how I like where I stood with him or like how I felt about him or whatever, but I'll tell you in all of our dealings since starting digging deep, he's like the most grateful guy and he's just, he's awesome. Like I, I pull for him, um, because he's just such a likable dude. He's awesome. Like you said, you hit that nail on the head. So, uh, Nick done. go ahead, go ahead.
2: He's done a bunch of growing up, say since like 2017, 18. Sure. I mean, I, I didn't, I have never really worked with him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I've talked to him and have been around him and stuff, but I've been around some of the, you know, different stuff over the years. And man, that kid has changed. Like he's really turned it into a business and a profession as he's gotten older. So super proud of him.
1: Yeah. That's awesome because that's the way it has to be done. That's the way it has to be done at the highest level. And that's the conversation you had with Jeffrey, but there's no feasible way to do this. If you're doing it, you know, your own program, unless you, you know, run it like a business. So, um, so that's awesome. So Nick grabbed two podiums last season. So at the opener, like you said, at Daytona and then at the finale over under two podiums in 2022 for Nick Janusa, are you taking more or less Casey?
2: Whew. Man, it's, I'll, I'll tell you, it's I'm tough.
1: going, I, I'm telling you, I'll go more. Um, I think more. I, I know it's going to be tough because that's going to be so competitive. I guess the way that I justify saying it is, you know, who knows how strong Max comes into the year and we're going to touch on him, but we know that he's dealing with, you know, some injury stuff this off season. And then another guy we're going to touch on. Um, So I hate to even, I hate to to throw it out there right now, but with Wesley being gone for the season as well, you're, who knows what it's like at the beginning of the year. I just, is that, is that uh,
2: official? Well, is that official a, with Wesley?
1: Well, that's what he announced. That's what he announced a couple months ago. Oh, he did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you yeah, he announced, okay. he announced yeah. that he's gone so you take you know maybe max i think it's safe to say he's not going to be at a hundred percent at the beginning of the year and then with wesley being gone i think that i think it's an easy bet i would that's the bet i would take is nick janusa gets you know more than two uh this year because he was great yeah. last year he was great
2: yeah no he rode really well his results just didn't always show it in the Agreed. sense but i think overall his riding last year was really good and you know, but I expect Jeffrey to get more podiums. I expect Bryce to get more podiums. I know. But that's where like I breathe so heavy on this. I'm like, how do you? <laughs> like you just like you just over and over put your foot in your mouth in the sense of when you talk about this. It's you know we play silly games on Facebook. You yeah. know, Travis posted something. He's like, top five. Who's your who's your picks? And like I put like three picks. in. I know. <laughs> like, I'm like, how, how do you? There is ten guys. Yeah. Like the top ten had all won a championship at some point. And it's kind of where we're at with, you know, with Nick, Jeffrey, Bryce, Hogue, all those guys, like, they've all been on the podium yeah. a good amount of times, and they're very capable of continuing doing it. Max, you know, that's all right there, but with Max having an injury, man, it's crazy. I'm mm-hmm. excited, it's it going to be on time yet.
1: <laughs> it, it, yeah. I think, uh, I think everybody listening is probably getting excited, excited too about Daytona right now. But, um, I think that with Nick, you know, you're getting a super consistent rider. And, and I think that that's probably what makes him a safe bet. Um, but next up is another guy making major changes like Jeffrey Brandon Hogue, who is now riding for the music racing and repair team. Uh, we heard all about it from those guys when they came on the podcast here i know you hated to to lose brandon obviously with impact solutions but i'm excited to see what this effort is going to look like for those guys casey i think it's actually going to be a good thing for brandon i think he's another guy you could hear the excitement in his voice i think that he sensed he needed a change and you know those bikes like we know we know from watching Brett over the years like the that the bikes are good. Um, so I think that even maybe just that change, Brandon said he needed it. And I think that like, I have this feeling that Brandon's going to come out swinging. So, uh, what are your thoughts on Brandon Hogan?
2: Yeah, I think it's great to have another insert into the pro class with another team. Um, yeah. hats yep. off to Brett for stepping up like that. Um, not a hundred percent happy with how like the release, like when Brandon came out and said, you know, Oh, I'm not going to be with Tim and stuff. Um, none of that set, real well like I wasn't even aware like that was gonna, like that he was gonna release that um you know I still I have shocks sitting on the table right now or on on the rack that say Brandon Hogue on him you know I'm not salty about him switching or moving over to Brett's program I think that's awesome and like I said hats off to Brett um I'm excited for Brandon because we've seen what a change of scenery does Mm -hmm. I mean look at Justin Barsha you know, and I hate to keep reflecting back to dirt bike stuff, but it's relevant the same in this con- Yeah, It's so relevant. And, yeah. you know, and it's another thing, like, you know, I think, you know, Tim and I are always going to look at Brandon like a little brother. Yeah, And either one of us would always jump in and help with anything we could, even if he's not on our programs, you know, that type of thing. Like we're going to help him. And... um I I'm excited to see where it lands. I I think, you know, I've talked to a couple of people that have been down and they say Brandon looks good he's riding well. And you know, we know he's going to train, we know he's going to be fit and that's a big thing. So I'm excited to see where he lands.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he wanted to be on a Honda too. Um, I think that he made that pretty clear. Um, I think you could read between the lines as well, but yeah, talking about talking about the release of, you know, of info, Uh, yeah, like I found myself in a dumpster fire there with, uh, (laughs) with the, with the, the graphics, uh, deal. Oh Um, boy. Oh my gosh. That was a mess. And, um, honestly, like when I did it, I didn't even, I didn't even think twice and that was on me. Um, but I didn't even think twice. I, you know, being a SSI sponsored show. I just didn't feel comfortable. Like I wasn't trying to steal anybody's work or anything like that. I just didn't feel comfortable posting something with a bunch of big FTR logos on it. The the FTR logos were all over the graphics. So at the time, I I didn't think I was doing anything wrong. Obviously, uh, there was some major backlash. I realized I was going to have to do something because I didn't want anybody to think I purposely did anything wrong. I, I really, it was a mistake on my part, but I like, that's why I issued the apology. I reached out to Ernie all those, I asked him what we could do to make it right. Like I did everything I needed to do. Um, But yeah, that, that I found myself in a, you know, complete whirlwind mess at that point. And uh, yeah, so, so talk about the release of things that was not ideal for me. Um, Thankfully everything has died down since then. I, I hope with the way I, Uh, Reacted and handled it and issued a public apology and reposted it with the logos and all that stuff. I hope that everybody, you know, knows by now that like I did everything I could do, didn't mean anything bad by it. I really was just trying to do right by Ian and SSI at the beginning. Like that's all, that's where the original concern came from for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was not good. Like as I, as we released this, you know, we released the the episode and all these things and, you know, I was just glad to, you know, spread the news of this new team and new opportunity for Brandon and all these things. And next thing I know I'm getting death threats and, you know, told that, that I'm, (laughs) that I'm trying to steal people's work and, and whatever. So, um, yeah, yeah, that was not, not ideal for me, Casey.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's a million. And I get it. I get time. it.
1: I get it. I get it. I hate to interrupt, but I get it. If somebody thought I was trying to do something purposefully wrong towards FDR, but um, that was malicious. Not, and that was just yeah. it was simply not the case. And I understand why somebody, why people could take it the wrong way if they didn't know the context of us being SSI show and all that stuff. Um, but uh, the people don't there,
2: understand contracts, you know, yeah. the general public don't understand like you're under contracts with c- right. certain sponsors and stuff like that. And Ian's super cool. So, Ian wants want to, to care.
1: You don't want to care. That's the thing. You it, just
2: more or less overthought it. And we're like, oh man, I, did. I and, did. You know, there's a thousand ways you could write that book. You handled it. You apologized. You know, you and I have spoke about it off there. You know, you spoke with Ernie, you got it cleared up. It is what it is.
0: (laughs) It was, it was I invite
2: any one of the naysayers or God forbid someone actually sending death threats over a Facebook post, but Hey, we've seen worse. (laughs) Um, I give any one of them full reign, come in and try to be a hundred percent politically correct over and over again with every single thing. And I mean, you're, you're up to like seven or eight posts a week,
0: Mm -hmm. if not
2: more, you know, I'm lucky to get one post out a month at times. And it takes me half a day to write the stupid thing.
0: Right, right. So
2: just, you know, and because you have to nail all these points. And here's another one. I got not like serious backlash, but Brandon wasn't happy with me
3: when I said he was
2: overtrained last year. I mean, he literally you sent me a screenshot of his post where he like hashtag not overtrained. And, <laughs> right. and I called Brandon out instant and and he came right back at me, like, no, dude, I'm not overtrained. I'm just not getting a ride, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, cool. I still feel this way. No big Mm -hmm. deal. We're good. Yeah. All good. But yeah, I mean, as sort of, you know, public figure, Mm -hmm. dude, you can't always be right. You're going to make a mistake. And anyone that thinks they can, I invite them. Come over to the studio and get in here and, you know, get in there and try to actually play this and do it right. Well, and the
1: other other thing was like. Ernie's done a ton for the sport. You know, he's supported the sport and Absolutely. supported riders Ernie's and that's a great guy. And that was the other thing that I didn't want people to think like I was discrediting that cuz I appreciate like he's done we've interacted for stuff over the years, you know, and he's helped yeah. me with stuff and whatever. Um so it was, it was again it was nothing personal uh, but but when you <laughs> when you talked about the release of info there, um yeah, that was not ideal for me. That was like the darkest days. Of digging deep, I would think in our, you know, two and a half years of existence here, because I'm like, man, I try so hard to do things for the sport, you know? And, uh, and it was like, I was, I was enemy number one for those couple days, but hopefully, hopefully I've I've walked it back some. Yeah. You're not going to please everybody. I just, there was no, (laughs) there was no bad intentions there. That was the moral of the story. Um, but so last, last of our tier two riders here, getting back to the racing uh, tier two riders are riders, you know, we consider to basically be podium contenders is Max Linquist, the, the reigning AMA ATV pro rookie of the year. We know Max broke his collarbone again, this off season. I talked to Max yesterday. He said that the shoulder is progressing well. Uh, he's hoping to be back on the bike in the next three weeks or so. So then Casey, we're looking at, you know, mid February. He fully intends to race Daytona, but should we be tempering our expectations for the start of the season, knowing, you know, Max will only have been, you know, on the bike for a few weeks at that point, only have a few weeks of riding under his belt for the opener. So should we be tempering expectations? I mean, you've been around the sport long enough. That's why I'm asking your opinion. Uh, like I said earlier, I think that it's probably safe to say he's not going to be a hundred percent, but maybe even Max that not a hundred percent is still going to be a podium contender because last year, man, he was fire. That was his first race as a pro and he damn near podium he finished fourth
2: yeah and I think um I think the shoulder like the bone will be 100% by the time we get to Daytona and he's mm-hmm. already going to obviously be back on the bike for a couple weeks before Daytona yeah. he didn't I've... forget how to ride the machine yep. Um maybe his cardio would be the only thing in my eyes that he wouldn't be 100% on Sure, you know maybe some of his bike you know technique or something he's not going to be 100% sharp but going to a race like Daytona Cardio is not going to be as serious as if we opened up at, say, three uh, palms, right. where it's a really rough, you know, full length moto. So I think in all honesty, I don't think you can take any expectations away from him. I think the pressure is there in a sense. Um, he ended the year very well. Mm-hmm. Well, almost ended it very well besides right. Briarcliff, But, you know, with two podiums there towards the later part of the season. I expect him to be in that running. I mean, it's going to be a knockdown drag out and um, yeah, I don't see Max at any different level than what he was last year um, going in, if not better.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, coming off of last season, obviously, you know, we know he got hurt at the last race, but with the, the podiums that he had, uh, you know, uh, racked up right before that, like, he looked like a guy like, man, if he takes any steps forward, he's going to be at that battle at the very very front. Yeah. And now he's, you know, now he's, now he's 18 and um, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. So he's going to be a guy, as long as he can stay healthy, uh, he's going (laughs) to, he's going to be, he's going to be incredible. You're chuckling here, but it's gotta be just because he's, he's next level, man.
2: Now he's 18. That's what I'm chuckling at. Yeah. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. he's, He's at least 25.
1: <laughs> when you talk to
2: him, when you talk to him, there's, there's to him, no way is. that kid's 18. Like it, I he is a different breed
0: with that, but yeah. Hey, no, hey I, so we, good.
1: yeah, so we talked about, and sorry to interrupt there. Um, we, we talked about Cody Gibson, and I posted, a, you know, as I'm doing all this digging into Cody Gibson stuff, that while Cody Gibson was in Pro Am at the time, uh, 2012, Max Lindquist was on a 50. He was winning the 50 class and that was 2012. So that was 10 years ago. Max Lindquist is now, you know, po- has pro class podiums under his belt. And 10 years ago, he was on a 50 in the 50 class. That's incredible.
2: Yeah. And there. And I mean, Bryce is in the same situation. Yeah. He's yep. going to, you know, he's one that was probably on fifties at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, drawing a blank now, but there, there's gotta be a, a few other guys that were in that same situation that are now in the pro class and, mm-hmm. and very yeah. competitive guys. So. Yeah. It's cool, but I mean, even I mean, Joel was racing pro am and pro, you know, 11 years ago, right? And Max was racing 50s, and now oh, I know, you know it. Chad, you know, Chad was a pro am guy back then and stuff. So, uh, Chad's a little bit further back, but yeah, it's insane,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so, so in 2012. Chad was winning his first championship, and yeah. Max Max was on a fifty. <laughs> like, like you know, like, yeah. Try try to wrap your head around that. It's kind of funny. I'm aging myself here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to speak. Yeah. yeah, but no, yeah. It, that's incredible. I mean, and Max has had a pretty fast progression.
1: Oh, super! And he fast. took a
2: year off. I he know, a full season off.
1: It's unreal. It's unreal. How how do you not cheer for that kid? So yeah, he's going to be one to watch, and and. Uh, if you're thinking to yourself, we're missing someone when we talk about these tier two riders, um, that's because we are, we touched on it a little bit already, but Wesley Wolf announced that he's going to miss the 2022 season. He announced this earlier this off season due to complications following the injuries he suffered at Loretta Lynn's. And that's a damn shame, Casey. It's a, it's a shame because he improved as much as anyone last season. I uh, improved in such a major way, getting on the getting on the, the Johnny Hale program there, the JH racing team. And uh, he grabbed two podiums, the first podiums of his career. He was in the mix, you know, throughout the whole season there. Um, honestly, I just hope we haven't seen the last of Wesley Wolf because, man, he was, a, he was a rider to watch. He added so much to that tier, so much to the class. He was a great rider to watch. And uh, it's not going to be the same without him. So I just hope that that we haven't seen the last of him.
2: Yeah, most definitely. He, he was on terror last year and, you know, he put his focus into really, you know, pushing into the ATV motocross and, and wanting to be, you know, a podium contender, a podium guy. And that's what he did. And, you know, he was having a great year, little hiccup. And, you know, it's really unfortunate that he's not going to be back with us this year. I thought it was like there's a chance maybe late in the season or something, but it sounds like it's the whole year. Um, but we've seen guys miss seasons before and come back even stronger. Mm-hmm. And Wesley's one of those guys. I mean, he's still pretty young, like
0: oh yeah, really young.
2: So, I mean, he's not even to what we call like that age in the quad racing of where you really come into your stride.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, exactly. I just we have, we've also seen guys, you know, say they're taking a year off and then not come back. That's the that's the part that scares me. But like you said, he's a young kid yet. Um, and I would think that the the best is yet to come. The best is in front of him. So that's why I want to see him back. As the number one podcast in ATV racing, it's only right that we partner with the industry leaders in suspension tuning. Insert Impact Solutions. Impact Solutions is a full-service ATV and side-by-side suspension center specializing in the revalving and service of your motocross and off-road suspension. With over 25 years of elite-level knowledge, experience, and testing with riders of all ages and ability levels, Casey Greek, Jay Goble, and the Impact crew strive to exceed the client's expectations for service and setup. Impact Solutions is the official Elka Suspension Service Center of the United States, offering unmatched product knowledge and experience. Whether you're in need of service, parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. Head over to ImpactSolutionsATV.com or give them a call today. We interrupt this program for a special news bullet. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the US and Canada. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATBMX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code diggingdeep20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I am blown away. This thing is next level. What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes, a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology. DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades, supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2021's impressive lineup includes Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rostrelli of the Phoenix Racing Team, myself, Cody Jansen, and my back-to-back national championships, Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, Wesley Wolf, and many more, including all of the top 14 GNCC Series pros, led by the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, and Chris Boric. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP Brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top of the podium. Available at www.dp-brakes.com, purchase at your local dealer, or message the show for their contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders in the world on DP Brakes. 15 years into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back with us and continuing to make huge waves in the ATV world. For the second consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for some of the fastest riders on the planet. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to Factory43ATV.com to see their full line of products available for all makes and models. Want to be just like Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rostrelli riding with Factory43's industry leading products? Head over to Factory43ATV.com today.
4: Success in the ATV MX world is similar to what creates financial success as well. The right people the right advice, and more importantly, hard work and the benefit of an ongoing relationship as situations change and adversity is experienced. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Haymower Financial Group can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help your family prepare for whatever life brings. Call me, Scott Haymower, at Haymower Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services at 920-338-8150. That's 920-338-8150. Offices located in beautiful DePere, Wisconsin, with
1: registrations and clients nationwide. So, our, our tier three riders are made up of Logan Stanfield, Cody Ford, and Michael Allred. Everyone will be back on a very similar program to last year. Each rider impressed in their own way. Last season, Logan Stanfield was rock solid. Cody Ford was also super consistent. And for a rookie, Michael Allred was as well. He impressed me a ton. Um, Logan's best finish was an eighth in 2021, but he was basically eighth every single weekend. So that was uh, crazy impressive um, for Logan Cody Ford and Michael Allred uh, weren't quite as consistent, but their peaks were maybe a little higher. They both finished sixth overall once in 2021. So which rider, Casey, will be the first one to grab a top five in 2022 of those three? Ooh,
2: I got to go with Logan because he's done it. Well, shoot,
1: Cody's been, Cody's been on the podium. Cody's been on the podium, um, but but like, like Uh, you said, Logan did it at Lake sugar tree in 2020. And that seemed like a precursor to what was to come because man, he was, he was top five all day, like in both motos, he was clearly a top five guy. And I think that you're right. I mean, that would have been my answer too. I think that that's something that we could see more of from Logan. He's just such a a good, consistent, like veteran, like racer. um, And that's what I think, uh, I think that, um, makes him maybe the guy for that spot.
2: Yeah, and I think I think Michael's fired up. I actually talked to Michael um quite a bit and I'm really close with the guy that runs his program, Chris Hunt and the Huntscape Huntscape Huntscapes crew. Yep. Um I've actually hung out with Mason a bunch this winter or not a bunch, but a few times we went fishing. Uh me and Chris try to go fishing every if we could go fishing every Saturday we would, but that's not how my <laughs> life goes nor his. Um, right. When I when I'm home, you know, the wife keeps me keeps me moving but um it's it's crazy you know all those guys they're they're going to be fired up um and they're going to be good Michael's got to go down to Florida I know Cody's been on the bike quite a bit already mm-hmm. Logan's down at Deckers and um it's going to be good it's still going to be tight and that was one of the hardest picks last year yeah you know with the with the fantasy was trying to pick who was going to be in that you know in that tier right there and what guy is going to do the best that weekend
1: yeah they're so evenly matched um especially to like see Michael get up in there with two guys that were seasoned pros i thought that that was impressive i mean last time we saw mike he was winning you know he won pro stock at at briarcliff it's amazing yeah and and cody too cody improved in a major way last year you know he got our our digging deep atv mx uh, most improved pro award and like I, I feel like he took a major step i mean he went on a run of like he didn't finish in the top 10 at the first race and then he was at the t- in the top 10 every other race after that. So it was very similar to Logan Stanfield. I mean, um, that's going to be a, that's going to be a, a, a grouping to watch for sure. And a rider that we have penciled in to join, uh, that third tier of racers is Zach Decker, the, the pro-am runner up last year to Bryce Ford and the defending pro sport national champion, So if if we do, I'm assuming that that's where he belongs as we start the season here. If he does end up racing the the pro class, what, like, we think is the case uh, as we sit here
2: right now. I I reached out to the Decker crew. Okay. And um, it still might be up in in the air a little bit. This is from Jason. Hopefully he is. He has not trained yet this year, hopefully starting next week. He had a severe case of pneumonia this past month and has has been bedridden. I think he's going to go try to ride a few laps a day for the first time. So oh, wow. he hasn't really got to put in the work that, you know, he's going to need to be in the pro class. So okay. um, knowing the talent and knowing, you know, how Zach is and the will that he has, and I mean, he's such a talented rider. My opinion and my thought is that he we're going to see him at Daytona. We're definitely going to see him at Daytona no matter what. Because yeah. if he doesn't decide to go into the pro class, he'll race pro sport. Right. But I think we're going to see him in pro come Daytona. Um, mm-hmm. He's got a month. He's obviously got one of the best facilities out there to train at. Right. And his determination and where his speed was let off last year, I think, you know, a month worth of busting his butt and putting his nose down. I think he could he could definitely be a guy that insert himself right there into this tier three and be right there in the pro class come Daytona.
1: Oh, I think so too. Uh, I think so too. I hope that we do see him make that that graduation of the pro class because he's a guy that you could have inserted into some of those pro races last year, and he would have been a you know a fun guy to watch, see mix up with those guys. Um, we saw some of the battles that he put on with Bryce Ford. That was a that was fun to watch in the pro am class last year. So uh, Zach will be a guy to watch for sure. Um, so yeah, that's what I was going to ask is how do you think you know this year's probably most exciting up and coming rookie is going to stack up? But I think you know when we're talking about tier three, those are guys that are basically basically... basically like, you know, the, the, the top 10 finishing out the top 10 guys. And I think that that's where, that's where I would think that, that Zach should, you know, kind of be right. Like when you think about, I I can just like picture in my mind, him battling with, you know, Logan or battling with Cody, you know, I, I feel like those are guys that I could easily see him battling with.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I, I think you could see a guy like Zach with his blistering speed insert himself into the top five.
1: I I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. Where those other guys, um, are their lap times are going to stay the same until the end of the race. Like, I feel like that's a learning curve as a rookie. You know, I think that we've seen that with riders. I I've been there as a rider. Um, but yeah, like his, maybe his peak speed is, is, you know, maybe at another level than some of those guys too. I don't know, but it'll be fun to watch. That'll be fun to monitor. I hope that we see him out there and another guy, um, that would be a great addition back to this strong field of racers is a former teammate of Zach's. Actually, of course, I'm talking about Alan Myers. Uh, we received so many questions about Alan. Like when I put a little uh, social media tease out there, you know, for people to send in their questions and stuff to talk about on this episode, man, it was the Allen questions were, were the overwhelming majority of them. Uh, so Casey, I know that you've worked closely with Alan in the past. We obviously were bummed. You were as bummed as anybody that he wasn't out there last year. What do we know about, about this situation? Casey, will we see Alan Myers return to racing in 2022? Or what do we know about that?
2: Um, the last I spoke to him, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. He was kind of working on a couple deals, you know, trying to get some some funding together and you know, some additions to his program to try to be able to do it. And from what I know, and I haven't spoke to him in probably about a month about this stuff, or maybe just a little bit longer, but the last I had spoke with him, there was nothing. He wasn't going to go racing. If anything, he'd probably come back, maybe help Zach or, you know, help Logan, um, be at the races. He still wants to be there. I know he's been doing some riding schools with Joel and, you know, been down at Decker's a little bit. So, um, unfortunately as of, from what I know and I didn't reach out to him just to get confirmation before we did this, but I'm pretty certain that's the
0: case. Okay. Unfortunately. Yeah,
1: that was what I, that's the pieces I was starting to put together based on probably not hearing anything. I know uh, he was awesome for Logan last year, you know, him being the guy to go to the gate with Logan and stuff, I think was a major benefit to Logan's program. Um, so as much as we'd love and, to go ahead,
2: and with Zach too. I mean, you know, sure. you've got a guy like Alan that has won pro-am races and, you know, been in the fight and title fight in pro-am for, you know, a few years and, you know, been a top five and really good, you know, podium guy in the pro class. So, yeah. um, Alan brings a lot of knowledge and, you know, he he's learned a lot over the years. And yeah, it, that one hurts me a lot. Mm-hmm. I know. Because I, I like that kid a lot. I like the family, and I believe in Alan. one. So it, it's unfortunate. If I had a way, I would pull something out of the hat for him
1: right. Um, yeah, I knew, I knew that it was tough. I knew it. If the, if this was the answer, it wasn't going to be fun to talk about, but it was, you know, the, the pro class is a grind and from talking to Rob Stanfield, Logan's dad last year, you know, he talked glowingly about, you know, how great of an experience racing was for Logan last year, simply because Alan was there with him. Um, the, you know, they were creating a fun environment for Logan. And, uh, I love to hear that. So if nothing, if nothing else, if Alan can't be out there on the track, I I hope that he continues to be there at the races and, um, you know, able to, to help out some of those younger guys, some of his buddies. Um, I think that you saw the, the positive effects that that had last season. So as we complete the, the, the class here, as we move on to tier four, I did some digging with most of these guys earlier this week. So we could just give an accurate update, um, kind of heading into the season with the season, not that far away here. Um, starting with fantasy darling Caesar Hemenez. Caesar announced that he had broke his radius and ulna bones and his forearm/slash wrist back in December. Caesar says that his mobility is around 90% at this point. He's working on his strength now. Daytona's up in the air for him, but he said we should know more mid-February-ish. So we'll we'll keep you guys posted on that. But Casey, thoughts on potentially missing Caesar from the class at the beginning of the year? He's a he's a, a lock, a fantasy staple. My fantasy team would be lost without him (laughs)
2: um yeah that's unfortunate I mean it's unfortunate to lose anyone um and Caesar, you know he's always a smiling face and a happy kid you know for the most part and it's always good to see you know guys from other countries coming over um I think we're going to have a visitor, a consistent visitor this year from another country. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that they've made a, a made a press release or announcement that they're going to do it. So I don't want to spoil it for him. Right. Um, I'm going to be working with him, so good. I, you know, I don't necessarily want to say what's going on for him. I would rather him be able to announce it. But I, he's a pretty good staple over in Europe, and I think that's going to be a nice addition. And Caesar's another one, you know, a guy from out of this country that comes over and races. And that's a, ta- a taxing task to come yeah. to a different country and go racing. I went to other countries and went racing, mm-hmm. and I didn't even have to stay there for six months at a time or anything like that. Like, you know, I was in and out all the time, and it, it's trying it's yeah. very tough to do that stuff.
1: Yeah. I think of, you know, Caesar's been here long enough that I just think of him as, you know, one of the guys at the races at this point, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. I can't imagine how tough that is, uh, for those guys, but it sounds like, like he'll be back. Just, we don't know what yeah. Daytona looks like for him. Um, so, uh, we'll, we'll keep everybody posted on that. So going down the list here, uh, VTech another guy, I think so many of us, uh, you know, began to really enjoy here last season. He's our Polish friend. Um, So he's still on the mend from his injury late in the season last year. He says he should be back on the bike, able to return to riding here pretty soon. Um, but a return to the States is probably not likely for him, not realistic for 2022, which is a shame because I gave that guy so much credit. I mean, we hopped on these shows so many times last year, Casey talked about him just doing his thing, grinding away and uh, going to the gate. Like he was by himself, all these things. And, uh, man, I give him so much credit cause he did, he did really well at times. And, uh, his, his program probably wasn't up to snuff with most of the other riders out there. And he still was super impressive.
2: Yeah, and he rode good. I hated to see him get hurt, and um, I hope he heals up quick, and you know, at least maybe we can get him back for 2023. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, again, it's awesome to have that, you know, guy from another country and get to see it and get to experience, you know, being in America and going through the motions. And, you know, I think some of his experience may have been tainted a little bit because of this COVID stuff. Yeah, um, I know it was a real hard struggle for him to get over here because of that. And then once mm-hmm. he got here and stuff, I think it was a little bit better. But you don't get to get the full experience of what we you know, had in the past and that kind of stuff. So um, hopefully he gets to make an appearance back here um, down the road.
1: Yeah. Don't sleep on the fact that he didn't know the tracks either. Like all the dudes he's yeah. racing against have been racing these tracks for as long as they can remember. And he doesn't know the tracks. So like we go to, you know, we go to high point or we go to red or we go to name the track. Everybody knows how fast to hit the jumps. Like we've all been there yeah. and he, yeah he hadn't been there so it's super impressive especially because they don't race on tracks like that over overseas um could you we, imagine
2: walking in the daytona when all you've ever done is really raced in europe and those style of tracks your whole life and then you roll in i was there <laughs> when he rode at um Slux's place in florida yeah i think it was a sunday before daytona and man it, it is freaking balls of steel because he just went for it. Like, I mean, he followed Jeffrey and Joel off of stuff. I mean, he did it the right way, but there's no way, like he never jumped big finish line jumps like that or stuff like that, you know, where he grew up. So he adapted well, which, you know, for me, in his shoes, that should be even more incentive to come back because he did adapt well. He raced. It wasn't like he was just floundering around by himself and last and didn't, you know, way out of place. Like
1: I agree. He too. was a guy,
2: he was a factor every weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, high point stands out to me. At high point, he was he was mixing it up with with Cody Ford, like yeah. you know, like guys, you know, inside the top 10, like he was mixing it up with those guys almost like like early in the season. I just thought it was very impressive. So hope that we see that guy back. And hopefully, like you said, his uh, healing process continues here. Uh, Vince Merman will be back. He's going to be a guy to watch. I think he's at Paffords right now getting ready for the season. So he should come into Daytona totally fired up, prepared, and, and ready to go, Casey. I think that uh, that Vince will be a guy to watch, especially with what you've told us in the past, especially if there's a big whoop section, he'll be, he'll be a guy to watch. <laughs>
2: Yeah. They if they put a big whoop section in Daytona, it will look for advanced flying through the middle of them. Just hey, there was hanging over off the, the back of that thing.
1: Over the years, there's been some big whoop sections there. Not not these past couple of years so far. Um, but I can remember some gnarly whoop sections earlier earlier in this Daytona thing over the years. Um, because I remember that was like my secret weapon, you know, like you'd you'd hold on until you got to the whoop section, and that then that was the best passing point.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, he he's gnarly. I mean, mm-hmm. that guy, you know, he he's taller too, mm-hmm. and he just he rips that thing. And that's one thing I've always just seen with him. Like, it just he don't care. Yeah. Show- stack them up bigger. I'll go
1: through them. (laughs) Yeah. Nice kid too. So we'll be pulling for him for sure. Uh, Michael Perkins, he's dealing with, uh, with some more shoulder injuries. It sounds like so, uh, his 2022 season may be up in the air. He told me yesterday. Uh, so we'll keep everybody posted on that. He told me he was going to keep me in the loop and, um, we'll, we'll report anything that we hear there. Zach Harris, uh, another guy, it sounds like he's going to be back for the, for the entirety of the season. It sounds like he joined the program this off season, which, uh, I know from experience that'll help his program in a major way. Uh, but like I said, he said, with the exception of maybe one race, uh, he's planning to race the full schedule and he's a guy that you're working with now, Casey.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, good kid, good family. Um, I actually spoke with him yesterday. We just kind of text back and forth about a couple of things and stuff. And, you know, he's kind of sort of in my area. He's a little more Western North Carolina, you know, Virginia area than I am. Okay. Um, but it, good to work with him. Happy to have him back. And I think, um, he learned a lot last year and I think that's some something that's going to kind of push and get him into, you know, getting in that mix and, and being one of the guys.
1: Yeah, that's great. I mean, um, awesome to have those kind of guys in there and it's tough. Like the, the class is so fast, but, uh, we, we need, we need guys at every level in that class. So, um, yeah, he'll be a guy to watch for sure. Uh, second, second year, first full year as a pro, it sounds like, uh, 46 year old Marshall Smith will be back to continue to chase his goals and dreams. Um, now as his, uh, it'll be a second season, a second year pro that he'll be, uh, he plans to attend. good share of the races as well Casey how can you not cheer for this guy 46 years young um he's out there mixing it up with the kids uh that'll be fun to watch too for sure he's a he's a guy that when you talk to him he's just the most nice respectful dude um so I'm glad that he's gonna race some more races this season as well he's fulfilling a dream so uh he's got to be proud of that
2: yeah and that you know he's another guy that I'm gonna you know help in the pits and you know be there for you know, if he needs some tune in and, you know, any kind of help and, you know, advice. And, you know, it's funny. You know, we talked about it last year. He's, you know, 46-year-old um, rookie in the pro class, which is awesome. I mean, live that dream, dude. Do it. And, I know it. you know, I've spoke to him a few times over this winter. And, you know, I got mad respect for him. And I he rides really good. I know he so does. So it's just it's getting some good starts and believing that he can get up there and run and i think you're going to see him crack that top 10 and be one of the guys too i mean i i like all these guys
1: i know i know <laughs> it's, just, it's I crazy know, i know yeah we wanted to be able to touch on every everybody at least a little bit uh jacob stevens is now racing the work series out west so it's unclear if we'll see him this summer he said he doesn't know for sure uh but the west coast will be the priority uh priority for him that much we do know I'm assuming this is who we were talking about. Patrick Cirini, a four-time Italian champion. He's going to be a guy to watch. He flashed last year at Daytona. The only race he raced with us, he plans to race the entire schedule this season. So we're going to see him on a Wien and motorsports Yamaha with Elka suspension. So again, I think that that's probably the guy you're touching on. He's going to be a guy to watch Casey. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Um, It sounds like to have that international flair, he could be the guy that we see each and every weekend. Very, very much like VTech last year but patrick torini um he's going to be a guy to watch for sure
2: yeah so that that's exactly what i was talking about and i didn't know if it was 100 percent public knowledge uh, you know completely so i didn't want to be the one that know, sent it. that out there hey but i'm that, have, I'm that uh, guy i'm that guy that's your job. That's
1: not my job. <laughs> no, I, I got the, um, I got I'm, the, in, I got the info from him yesterday. So I figured it, it must be able to be public knowledge. Uh, he gave me the, the info that he was going to come back, race the whole season. Sounded like he was going to be on a wean and more sports quad with Elka stuff. So that's why I literally thought to myself, I bet you Casey's involved with this program now a little
0: bit.
2: Yeah. So he works with um, another company like we are, but over in Europe. Um, mm-hmm. And so Some members of his team got a hold of me and you know asked if we would be a part and you know help them out and get them dialed in over here. So I actually just received a set of shocks from him on Wednesday, and the note that's in the box is to ship them to Chad Weenan. And so when my guy checked them in, I just got the work order today because we've been so swamped. He's finally getting to get them checked in. Okay. And the note, like the name address on it, is it says Chad Weenan. And it, I was just like dying when I seen it. I was like, I've never seen that come through this shop. because you know, we don't do right. anything for, you know, with Chad in that sense. Right. And so I was just like, like taken back for a second. And then I was like, like oh, never mind. I know what's going on here. Because that's what yeah. when I talked to his guy, he's like, yeah, just, you know, do what you're going to do to him. And then just ship, ship him to Chad so Chad can put him on the machine.
0: Sure. I'm like, okay,
2: you know, no problem. And I, I actually need to call Chad and talk to him about a couple of things that might be on the machine. So that'll be sure. fun. I've been close with Chad for a year. So yeah. anytime I get to talk to him outside of racing and just shoot the you know, shoot the shoot it with them, that's always fun.
1: Oh yeah. The that you guys have been on teams together in the past and uh, I'm sure you yeah. work with them on the tire ball side of things, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So and tires
2: uh, and you know oh yeah, yep. I've I've done tire testing with them over the years and we still talk tires and tire balls all the time. So mm-hmm. there's the hands are in everywhere.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that that's why I wanted to touch on it quick, because like when we ask you about, you know, who knows that the listener, you know, we, we obviously cover over and over and over again, that you're tight with the, the Joel Hetrick program. Um, but it's important for the listener to know how much experience you have with Chad too. So when we ask you about Chad, you're bringing a whole lot of past Chad knowledge to those conversations as well. Yeah. So unclear if Ty Hudson will return to any races this season. Um, so, uh, I guess we'll have to, we'll have to kind of monitor that. Um, he was the last guy on our list, but one new name for 2022 is Paolo Galizi. Number 17, uh, he's another Italian rider, 11 time Italian champion. And, uh, like we've been saying, it's just great to have more international flair out there, Casey. He hopes to, to race as many events as possible, potentially all of them. Uh, it doesn't, I originally, I thought, well, maybe him and Patrick Turini are coming together, but their dates were different when I talked to them. So, uh, maybe they're not coming over here together. I would think that there's like Italian bragging rights. Like you want to be the number one (laughs) Italian. Italian guy at the atv nationals i would think um but this is going to be a new experience for him paolo Galizi uh being new experience but he's going to be another guy to watch and another great addition to the series i mean this this international flair it, it continues to prove that you know this is the premier atv racing series in the world and great to have those guys they're great great additions to the to the series and i wonder sometimes that this is like a trickle down effect from the the motocross of nations the quad cross of nations races that were like these guys see those guys come in race those events and now hey i want to go to the states and race those guys
2: oh i think so absolutely and you know i can't wait to get a you know get back into that and um get back over there and and get yeah. to race the quad across the nations and yeah um you know i've done some of that stuff with jeremy warnia in the past and you know the experience is incredible and i and i hope you know we get to go back in 2022 hopefully yeah and you know if i can find a way you know to be able to go over there and help out like i i'm all in to do it Mm -hmm. um so yeah and i think it's you know uh, giving these guys insight to want to come over and it's given us a connection to where really there wasn't much communication between the euro riders and american riders and now there is and, you know, I think, you know, I know Gloop talks to a bunch of those guys all the time, and he he's always posting some stuff and yeah. keeping us updated on what's going on over there. You know, I still talk to Jeremy Warnia, you know, a couple times a month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yep. I did some research on Patrick. Like, as soon as I, you know, kind of got the email and the phone call and did that, I, I texted Jeremy. I'm like, hey, give me the scoop on this guy. What do you think? What's he capable of? You know, where does he stack up with you guys? You know, because my my generation of the Euro riders that I know is Ramon free Jeremy warnia, those guys. Right. And so I'm like, so where does he, you know, equivalents to what you were and you know, how, yeah. how is it going to work when he comes over here? So Jeremy had very good things to say about him. So I'm, I'm really excited to work with him.
1: Yeah. Another guy that we heard about on the, the Cody Gibson podcast, by the way, Jeremy yeah. Warnia talking about the battle they had at Pleasure Valley that year. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, awesome stuff. Another great guy to add to the series here. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, should be a really exciting class of pro class racers. There could be another name or two that gets entered. Um, we'll see, uh, but that's who's on our list right now. And it's going to be really exciting. Um, it's going to be really, really exciting. I think that last season was as competitive as a year of, as we've seen in a long time. And I think that this year is shaping up to be uh, a whole lot of the same. So, um, amped up for that for sure.
4: Insurance, it's not something everyone likes to talk about, but let's face it, if you race motocross, it's something you should have. Integrative Financial Concepts is an independent financial service and insurance firm who offers moto-friendly insurance and helps out riders like Nick Janusa, Jeffrey Restrelli, and Joel Hetrick gain confidence on the track. With their unique safe-to-race and safe-to-ride programs, If you qualify, they have the ability to offer life insurance with living benefits to those who ride. With these living benefits, you may have the ability to access a portion of your life insurance policy while you're still living, for things like cancer, heart attack, stroke, or chronic illness. They can also help with many other things, such as home, auto, motorhome, and trailer insurance, as well as college planning, special needs planning, payroll processing, as well as group health benefits for your business. So whether something happens on or off the track, Integrated Financial Concepts has you covered. With their complimentary one-on-one appointments, what are you waiting for? Reach out to Mike Daniele at d-a-n-i-e-l-e underscore Michael at nlgroupmail.com today and see how Integrated Financial Concepts can help you benefit riders are supplemental benefits that can be added to a life insurance policy and are not suitable unless you have the need for life insurance riders are optional and may require additional premium and may not be available in all states or on all products this is not a solicitation for any specific insurance policy just like the sport of atv
1: motocross as a whole our digging deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share our sport is compiled of many great people and leading that charge is the launderville family at launderville steel enterprises and concrete supply this racing owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire united states Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late-model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the Concrete Division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Here at Digging Deep, we have an obvious passion for ATVs and pridefully enjoy sharing the sports history. Since 2019, when the podcast was born, we've been working to partner with individuals who share our passion, but one man and his vision had been missing from our partnership group. Until now. When it comes to the sports history, the hallowed grounds of Binky's Forever ATC Museum has it all. Binky Tapscott's mind-blowing collection of three- and four-wheelers has preserved history by spanning all makes and models from Honda three-wheelers in chronological order to unique builds that shaped ATV racing as we know it, like Doug Gust's iconic DRZ-powered hybrid thumper and everything in between. There's no denying Binky's passion, a passion that we certainly relate to here at Digging Deep. Binky's goal is to share his amazing collection with fellow enthusiasts by making his prized possessions accessible to the public via scheduled visits. Follow Forever ATC Museum on Facebook and watch ForeverATC.com for further updates on possibly getting a chance to see Binky's Forever ATC Museum for yourself. We are proud to welcome Binky's Forever ATC Museum to the Digging Deep family. Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. The best power sports coolant on the market, Evans prevents overheating and boil over, so you need not worry about harming your engine or suffering a premature end to your ride no matter what the conditions. Designed for use in ATVs, UTVs, motorcycles, and other power sports equipment, when conditions are at their worst, Evans is at its best. Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you hit the track or trail. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 at checkout to save at evanscoolant.com. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. And one other cool aspect of the, the 2022 version of the Daytona ATV Supercross is the addition of the pro sport and WMX classes. Uh, we ran nearly all the classes, but the minis when we first started racing um, Daytona, when we first started going to Daytona. And then, you know, it became a pro only event um, over the years there. And now they're bringing back a couple premier classes, which I think is a, a great thing, Casey. So starting with pro sport, um, I'm thinking, you know, your riders to watch are going to be Dane Molander, who you already touched on a little bit. Aaron Salinas, I would think, is going to be another guy that's going to be out there. Blair Miller, Joseph Chambers, those are guys that we saw in the Pro Sport and Pro Am classes last year. I believe that you can add Brett Musig to that list based on what he said when he was on the show. He's going to be a, a guy who gets great starts, and he's always been fast. He showed that last year when he returned to those fast classes. Um, so he's going to be a guy to watch potentially. Zach Zach Kaczmarek. I don't know if. We'll We'll see him right away at Daytona, but he's another guy that was up in the mix. It seemed like the 25 plus class made their mark in the, in the, you know, pro, um, pro-am and pro sport classes last year. I think that that could be uh, again, the same this year, but I fully expect to see some great racing in pro sport at Daytona, because that's a, you got a bunch of young kids, some, some older guys, um, some guys that, that definitely want to win Daytona. Uh, so I think that that'll be exciting. That'll make for some, some great racing. I would think
2: pro sport at Daytona is going to be absolute insane.
0: Yeah, I was just
2: like sitting there talking. Oh, Ron Jackson and Mason Jackson were at the shop, and Mason's going to run pro am or pro sport in A college, pro sport college and A, I believe, is the three classes that he's playing on racing. Okay, and you know, just sitting there talking to Ron, and I rattled off like ten guys, like not even trying. You know, you got you got Blair, you got Dane. You know, there's rumors about Zach Kasmerik running pro class. Oh really? And so I don't know if there's any truth to it, but I know he's been throwing out little tidbits here and there social media wise. So I don't know if that's going to, you know, come through a hundred percent or not. Okay. But, um,
1: man, that would, that would, that he'd be another guy I'd love to see in the pro class. Like that'd be another guy, like, you know, in his day, man, he had some good runs on, on Johnny's bikes.
2: Yeah. So, you know, he has a, he has potential to be able to race pro sport. Yep. Or he can go get his license again and run pro class. Um, but I, I've, if he runs pro sport, I mean, you know, he's going to be competitive. He's going to be right up there in the front and battling with those guys. Um, man, if Zach a, doesn't move up yep. to pro and he stays pro pro am and pro sport, yeah, I mean, that's going to add a whole nother flair into there. What about uh, Launderville?
1: Is, will Launderville yeah, be
2: in there? I think Launderville scheduled to be at Daytona. So I, I would have um, thought that's so. going to be. Yeah. You know, another key player there, Mason Jackson, Launderville, Dane, Blair, Andrew Shaddle. I mean, that kid was absolute fire towards the end of the year. You know, there was there was weekends that he was, you know, knocking on Dane's door pretty tight. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: um it's gonna be insane. Uh, Matt Hirschfeld, he's gonna run Pro Sport. Okay. Um, he's a fast kid from up in the Northeast. Oh, there's so many guys on um, Lane Baird, another one. And like there's Honestly, there's 10 guys easily. It's more like 15. I was thinking that we're going to end up with about 24 in that class for Daytona. And, and 16, I was talking to someone.
1: 16 make the main, right? Like, isn't that how that works?
2: Yeah, it's got to be, I think it's 16. So I was like sitting there and I, and I don't remember who I was talking to. I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking like 24 or so riders for pro sport. And they're like, Jeez. no, we're thinking it's going to be like 30, 35 riders.
0: So oh my gosh.
2: You know, and a lot of times if there's like 20, Yep. Like they'll, they'll take like them all. Yeah.
0: They'll, they'll just take, take them everyone,
2: all. but that yeah. that's not going to be the case. Like someone, there's someone that's going to go home disappointed oh, yeah. and there's a good chance. It could be one of the guys that we would pick to win the race. Like, <laughs> Hey, cause there's literally going to be 16 guys at least yeah. that are top caliber guys and, and think, finals.
0: and
1: think that they're going to go podium.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I remember the first year of Daytona I've said this on the podcast before, but there was like 26 or 28 or something pros. And I remember just being scared to death that I wasn't going to make the main, like I've I've been in Florida for a month, you know, I spent every dime I had, like we're going all in on this season. And I was the
2: one, didn't you get like fourth in the heat? Third. Third. Yeah. yeah I, I got third.
1: I got third. There's a picture of you as I'm pushing my bike to the line behind, like you know, Natalie, Joel, Thomas and Uppy or something and, or, or bird bird might've been in there. And I was, bird, fifth, yeah. I remember I was fifth gate pick and I was so proud. And uh, <laughs> Heck that, was, yeah. <laughs> that was probably my proudest moment as a pro. Um, but, but yeah, I just remember being scared to death. So I'm sure that there's going to be, it's not the pro class, oh. I guess, but there's, there's guys that, yeah, they might be stressing that they're not going to make it. Like, think about the pressure for, you know, the, the, however many guys are going to the LCQ, that's, gonna be like a death match
2: do and so yeah that's i mean you're gonna take what you're gonna do you know six and six and then yeah. take two out of the lcq or four out of the lcq type of thing so four, I mean, that's gonna be clutch because you're gonna have <laughs> you're gonna have yeah 15 or so guys in the lcq that are really good i mean right, say yeah. the 30 say 30 show up yeah you put 15 in each qualifier and then you're going to put, you're going to end up with 18 in the LCQ.
0: Oh
1: my gosh. Yeah. The, those, those, there's, there's going to be guys looking at the lineup of their heat races. Like, okay, who's in mine? you know?
2: Yeah. And it, I mean, it's going to be clutch. I mean, and you're going to have double row starts. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, it's going to be gnarly. Mm-hmm. And yep. I can't wait for it. I mean, the whole season, I mean, Daytona is not going to tell us the story. Oh no. no. Um, and it's definitely not going to tell us the story in this in the pro sport class. But I think the guy at Daytona that can just pull a clean start and just ride his own race and stay out of the, the carnage, because it's yep. going to be carnage. Yep. Like, it's oh, going to yeah. be insane <laughs> carnage. Because <laughs> those guys are all just so hungry. They're going to be banging on each other. There's going to be mistakes happen. But I think you're going to see the guys that just circulate the track at a good, solid pace and stay out of trouble is what you're going to end up with the podium.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, this is a guy that you work closely with, but Dane Molander, um, he gets good starts. You obviously know, he's going to be, you know, one of the favorites to, I guess, depending on who's all in there, but he's going to be one of the favorites this year in that class. Uh, so he's going to be a guy to watch for sure. He's a guy that stands out to me as, you know, probably one of the favorites in pro sport at Daytona, I would think.
2: Yeah. And, and he's probably one of the ones that's in that class that has experience in it already. Right. he's already tested his waters and so his head game is gonna be strong um I mean launderville he flies I mean that kid's so fast he's so he's gonna east. be in there yeah um <laughs> I, all <laughs> of them shadow I mean it wouldn't surprise me shadow rocket a whole shot and friggin' walk off with that thing like mm-hmm. he could do it he's fast enough he's got the talent he's got the speed you know Dane Dane's obviously shown that he can jump right in there and I mean he to me he jumped in and raced the gnarliest pro sport race of the year at Red Bud. Yeah. With all of you guys that are, you know, seasoned veterans. I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
2: when you listed off the names and we obviously covered that a bunch, but like that's the same thing. I mean, I think he could jump in their clutch and pull this yeah. thing off or, you know, at least be a podium guy for sure. And I think just keeping it right. Um, kale Deal.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know, sure. He,
1: yeah, I didn't even think about he, him He's
2: gonna be a guy that's gonna be up there too. I mean, um, just had a couple weird years for Kale. you know, breaking a femur in the off season last year and stuff and coming back and not being like a hundred percent. I know he's been putting in a lot of work and I've been talking to his dad and those guys, they're going to, they're ready. They're fired up too. Yeah.
1: It's going to be exciting. It's exciting, uh, with like their pro prospects in years to come as well. Like there's going to be a lot of up and coming fast kids, uh, that are going to be exciting to watch. So, uh, pro sports going to be an exciting addition to, to Daytona this year.
2: We can't cap off talking about pro sport without talking about Chambers. Though.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. No, we, yeah, uh, well, I, I mentioned It's
2: definitely that. going to be there.
1: I mentioned mentioned them originally. Um, yeah. Like you added a bunch of names I hadn't thought of, but yeah, my list was Dane Molander, Aaron Salinas, Blair Miller, Joseph chambers, uh, Brett music, Zach has But, um, yeah, like he's going to be another guy. I mean, I, I I see, I see Joseph chambers ride sometimes and his riding style reminds me of like. I don't know, Dustin Wimmer or something like he's so fluid on the bike. Um, He's a, he's a fun rider to watch. And if he takes a step forward, yeah. Like he could be very much um, in the mix at the very front of, of those classes all year long.
2: Yeah. It's gonna, man, I'm fired
0: up.
1: Yeah, it's going to be exciting. So the last class that we need to breeze through here quickly is WMX, the fastest women on four wheels. And what an awesome opportunity for the the ladies being treated like the premier racers that they are getting a chance to line up inside Daytona International Raceway. The three time reigning, defending, undisputed WMX champion Andrea Berger comes in as the odds on favorite. Um, Her biggest challengers are likely to be Neve Shaw. Madison Trower, who, uh, made up the rest of the top three in points last season. Don't overlook McKaylee Vantium, who was, uh, good for a couple podiums last season and new addition to the WMX class is Kinsey Osborne, daughter of Briarcliff owner, Jeremy Osborne. Uh, she, you know, comes in with some buzz, at least in my mind. So Casey thoughts on WMX at Daytona, what an awesome opportunity for, for, for these ladies of ATV motocross.
2: Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be interesting because I would say we're probably going to end up maybe not in the same situation as pro sport in that class, but I I say there's 20 girls there. I think so too. In that class. It's going yeah. to be packed. Yep. And um I think there's going to be some fill-ins that possibly get hurt, you know, in a sense of somebody not make the main and you know right. things like that, but I think um you know, obviously Andrea is going to be strong and ready. Yep. Neve, I know, you know, I've been working with Neve and She's putting in, you know, she's doing as much as you can this offseason. She's been down training at Deckers and she's doing things to get herself ready and get herself in that title fight. Um, I actually spoke with Maddie um, yesterday. Okay. Just text back and forth a little bit, getting her stuff set up. And so, you know, Maddie is just so quiet and so like shy and like just. She's such a great rider. But she once she puts the helmet on, she kind of changes, and so I look yeah. to see her take that next step this year too. And you know, I've talked with Craig Shaw about it, and he's like, he's like, she's the one to watch. Like, she's the one that's coming, and that's the one that we should be worried about getting up here and battling with us because once she figures it out, she's going to be up there. Yeah. So um, I I can't wait. I'm excited for them. I'm glad they got this opportunity. Um, I think Jeremy's daughter is one. You know, I. Don't remember if Natalie's gonna race it or not. Oh, I so she wasn't
1: on my list solely because I didn't think she was gonna be old enough yet,
2: but maybe I, was I don't wrong I think that's assuming. what it is. She's not old enough. And I just talked to Ron about it and I my mind's in so many places and I can't remember what Ron told me. Okay. But um I mean she's gonna be a key factor in that in her classes. I mean, she was so fast last year and right. you know her and Kinsey were just battling it nonstop. So yeah. Um I think the both of them you know, have a really good chance. I know um Shimon's moving up to a two fifty now. So she's another one that's gonna be, you know, a key player and in, in that I think it's a, she's only fourteen, I believe, so she can't even race the um, plus,
0: 15, 15
1: plus, plus class. Yeah. But yeah she's, so. she's, she's fast too. I, I like those guys a lot. She's real fast. Yeah. yeah. She's fast and, and going to be another rider to watch, but yeah, I love, you know, very much to the guys classes, but to see these girls coming up and, and some more talent coming in the younger age groups, it's awesome to see. Um, and I hate to, I hate to have not touched on every single women's rider. Um, You know, I, I guess I don't know everybody that's going to be there, but I think you're right. I think that it is going to be close to like a full gate plus because it seems like, like, you know, all the women want to go support Daytona, which they should. I mean, what an awesome opportunity again, I love, and we talked about this last year on shows, but the WMX class, you know, getting the, the coverage and the, you know, kind of the, the premier vibes uh, that they deserve, which is awesome. And I, and I love that for the sport.
2: Yeah. And I, I'm just going off of what I'm seeing in like the post, you know, Hey, WMX is Me coming to yeah. Daytona and I'm like counting all the names tagged. I'm like one, two, I'm like, Holy crap. Like here comes the wave and yeah, I hope it gives them that bite to where they want to come yeah. to all of them, you know, and we have 20 girls at all the races and, and a stacked field and we get to really see it shine, you know, it, they're there. And, um, you know, I mentioned Shelby, but in the pro sport side of it, again, not to switch back, but Braden Chamo. He's another okay. one that, you know, he had not such a stellar season last year, but showed a lot of potential speed. Just little injuries after little injuries and yeah. bike malfunctions and this and that. So I think he's another one that can insert himself right there in this class of pro sport, guys, and be um, successful. But, now you know, WMX is going to be good. It's going to be really good for – the promotion of that class. And, you know, the things that Jeremy has been doing behind the scenes, helping promote that class, obviously like he has some incentive Mm -hmm. towards that because his daughter's in the class, but at the same time, like he truly cares about all the classes and he's really pushing to give them the prestige that they deserve.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I just, uh, those classes are growing uh, which is awesome. And I love to see that. I love it for the sport. And, uh, I love that, uh, we got a, a healthy group of, of ladies out there in ATV motocross. I love to see that. So that should pretty much complete our preseason update show for now, Casey, I think that we went over everything we possibly could. I think, uh, you and I are sitting here completely amped up for the races. So are the listeners right now, no doubt. Um, One more thing before we get out of here, Casey, I received a few questions about sponsorship, like, uh, how do new riders acquire sponsors? You guys obviously handle that, you know, deal with that all the time at impact solutions. Um, so I thought I'd ask you while I have you, uh, you know, your thoughts on sponsorship, as far as like new riders getting into it, because there's people out there that inevitably don't know how to, 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 you know acquire sponsors even as new or young racers so do you have a chance uh could you get into that real quick
2: yeah i mean there's a bunch of different ways we do it like old school i i literally sit in front of the computer and read every single person's resume and then you know i type i have a pre-typed contract that changed percentages and names and and i email that off and and i i like being able to do that i feel like i get to learn my people a little bit more um it's very time consuming. So I'm really slow at it. Um, I was just looking earlier and I got, I think I got a stack of like 50 that I need to go through still. And I've already sent out a God number of um, contracts and stuff. So, but no, I think, you know, searching social media, there's a lot of things. And then like hook it, um, you know, excuse me, I don't know all the names, but those are really good bases to get in. And it's not always about having a resume. Like if you're just getting into the sport, it's okay just to reach out and say, hey, I'm, I'm wanting to get in the sport. I'm planning on coming to all the nationals or I'm going to race all the district six races, try to hit a couple of New England ATVs or whatever your district is and then hit you know your local national and put that out there. And like, I'm going to give it my all. And you know I'm excited to work with some companies and try to build that. And that's what you do. Like it's reach out on Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. We're so accessible now. There's no reason that you can't, contact and get sponsors, you know, these big money deals, all this stuff that everyone dreams of, like it's kind of a time of the past right now, but we're still helping. And, you know, you're just as important to me as Joel Hetrick is, you know, as any writer, if you're on with my program, like I'm coming to help you, I'm going to come by and check on you and I'm going to give you every aspect and give you every bit of knowledge I can give you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's a- the key. Agreed. I think that that was a great thing to touch on too. We we talked on it way back at the beginning of this conversation, but I think that social media is also so important. Like I feel like building your brand that way, selling yourself that way. Um, that's just a great way for, for sponsors to be able to say, okay, so John Doe, I'm going to look him up on Instagram and John Doe posts a bunch about his racing and and thanking his sponsors and grateful for what he has and all those things. doesn't matter if you're a, a pro rider or a B rider, um, building that brand and that recognition for who you are and what you're doing and that you're grateful and what you're all about. And it doesn't even have to be all about racing. It can be about life. Like, like, you know, I love seeing, you know, posts from bringing it back to supercross and motocross guys, when they post about their life and you learn a little bit more behind the scenes or behind the mask inside the helmet, um, all those things I do think goes a long way. So it's not right in line with the sponsorship thing, but the more that you can build your brand as a racer and an athlete is is a big key component to all this as well.
2: So you must love my post because I literally post nothing about racing. <laughs> <laughs> like if yeah. you look at my profile, you barely tell that I'm involved in racing. We're, like we're at the grill. We're at the grill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're cooking. Yeah. It's, it's food, fishing, and kids. That's all yeah. I got. I like it. Um, I like but it. no, I throw in some of my old stuff, you know, accomplishments or whatever. And, but you're a hundred percent right. It's a hundred percent brand building, um, you know, for years, you know, look at Johnny Gallagher going into the GNCC side, and mm-hmm. I think you're probably heading down that road soon to start talking to some of those guys maybe and, you yeah. know, get to get some history on some of those guys because some of those guys even race motocross and stuff, so yeah. a lot of it will transfer Cross-over. over. But, I mean, Johnny Johnny's results aren't always fantastic. They're not bad by any means. Right. But he's so marketable. He does such a good job for his, his sponsors and stuff. Yeah, he's killing it. I mean, he, he's got a good program. He's a solid dude. And, you know, I try to help him every corner I can. And there, we see that. I see that stuff. I pay attention to the guys that are actually tagging us on Instagram and Facebook and, and making posts. And it doesn't always have to be about one brand. Like, you don't have to make that specialty post. Yeah, that specialty post is nice once yeah. or twice a year or whatever, say, for Impact Solutions. It's just easy. Right. Um, Reference. But, excuse me, you can talk about, you know, your Walsh A arms and, you know, your precision stabilizer and your Elka Shocks tuned by impact solutions. Like, it doesn't have to be just one Mm -hmm. individual. I see a lot of that. And some of it, you know, I talked to a couple of guys more or less on the side by side stuff. And they're like, well, I just feel like Target. I just feel like we're Walmart. Like, we're just, it's constant trying to just sell a product. Like, it don't have to be like that. No, make it enjoyable. You know, you're making posts over and over again, and it's the same crap over and over again. Right. But make it so it's something different and utilize it and utilize all options that we give you. Like, exactly. I'm an open book. Like, throw an idea. I mean, you don't have to throw it. Like, as long as it's positive, Mm -hmm. I'm going to back you. I'm going to repost it or do whatever I can.
1: Right. Exactly. I think that that's key too, because if you're, if you're putting out like these things that look like an ad or a promotion every week, like people look past them, you know? Um, so it's, it's being, it's being real, you know, and just, yeah, just posting about, about even the, the races, how things are going like, you know, that, that all um, the more you build your brand, people know you're associated with impact solutions. It doesn't need to be just about impact solutions to be a positive impact solutions post. So, um, so anyways, yeah, there's a lot of ways to get sponsorship. There's a million ways to do it, but I think that uh, pre- presenting yourself in a professional manner all the time, whether in person, on social media, through a resume, and it's taking it serious. Like I tell people, you know, you can't just throw an email together and say, Hey, like I want X, X, and X, or I'm looking forward to this. Um, you got to put effort into it. The more effort you put into it, the more impressive, like you're saying, like, you know, resume isn't everything, but to say that, uh, that, you know, to put together a good resume shows how seriously you're taking this. And, and I think that that's key as well. So, yeah. uh, And
2: I guess I don't say like resume isn't everything. Resume is a big part of it. It was a huge part of it like results aren't everything. Exactly. It's more that's what I really meant. And yep. um you kind of enlightened that there it, it made me think back like, I'm like oh my god wow I said that incorrectly. Um yep. but I mean and the not to beat the social media thing but like tag us in your stories or whatever. Like I enjoy the crap out of reposting people's stories. Yeah. One because it's easy for me. Right. <laughs> and yep. then but two like it's different content. And it's yep. So many people build such sick-looking bikes yeah. that, like, why would I not want that in my feed constantly so people see that, like, you know, Neil Larson's an easy point for it. Like, his bikes are insane. Like, they mm-hmm. always look so sick, and he does a really good job about, you know, posting, and, and it's not just individual people, but he's more of, like, a district racer, races a few nationals, but, like, I blow him up. Like every time he posts, I'm like, Hey, look at this, like this bike's sick. Like right. we, I enjoy that the most is doing that stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I tell people all the time that today, uh, in motorsports and power sports marketing, it's not all about results. Just like you said about yeah. Johnny Gallagher, he's such a great example. Uh, you don't have to be the most marketable, like just because you, you know, if you win all the races, I guess, doesn't make you the most marketable guy you know, um, so it's, it's everything. It's a whole package. So anyways, um, there's a million ways to get sponsorship and there's no reason not to go out there and get it. doesn't matter what class you're racing or whatever, take it seriously, put together a nice resume. Um, sometimes it's selling, it's selling the person. I tell people that too. It's not necessarily, Hey, I, I finished this, this, and this at the races. Tell that, that potential sponsor about you, tell them things you enjoy, tell them what you're about. Like, you know, talk about school, whatever. Like, I feel like those are good selling points too. You're selling yourself. You're not selling, you know, just the, the athlete. So I'm glad that we could touch on that. That's awesome stuff. Uh, Casey, do you have anything else you want to touch on before we finish up and get out of here?
2: Um, I think we're good. I, you know, I appreciate you guys having me on and, you know, thanks to you and Dallas and Brooke and everyone. And, um, I look forward to doing some more. Maybe we'll, you know, be able to get another show in before Daytona. If not, you know, hopefully I can get back on and do the review shows next year with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Next season. Yeah. We'll definitely, definitely, you know, pencil you in for the review show stuff. I think that that was so awesome. Um, we'll definitely do like a lead up right before Daytona. We'll do another show, you know, covering more updated stuff than this, but I thought it was the perfect time to go over some of this stuff with, uh, with fantasy, you know, getting ready, signups ready to open. And uh, just to kind of tie up all the news from the off season. I don't think that everybody necessarily looks at all of our social media posts and whatever. So I uh, figured this is a perfect opportunity to go over everything everything there. And Casey, I don't know about you, but I'm jacked for this first gate drop. I think now more than ever.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, more than excited. I'm excited for the pro class. I'm overly excited for pro sport <laughs> right. and WMX. Like I, I, well, I've been talking about it a bunch and I, I catch myself like not talking about the pro class, but then like we <laughs> sit here and we go through it And I'm just like, I start boiling. I'm like, oh man, it's going to be so intense. It's going to be, there's so many guys that are just so capable and uh, I can go on for days about it.
1: Yeah. It's going to be awesome. So rapid fire, I'm going to put you on the spot before we let you out of here. Give me your digging deep ATV MX fantasy lineup for Daytona. If you had to put it in today. Now, obviously, you know, some stock goes into qualifying and other stuff like that, but if you had to, if you had to put it in right now what would you give me? So, so tier one, I'm sure I can pencil in Joel Hetrick there. Your options are Joel Hetrick or Chad Weenan for, for tier one.
2: Well, see, I got to come up with three teams though. And you're making me do this really quick. Well, well, right now, right now we're going
1: only one team. So so Joel Hetrick will be your, your tier one rider. You take them every time.
2: So what is it? Joel, Chad and Bryce is tier
1: one. Nope. Just Joel and Chad. Those are the only
2: two. And then it's Bryce, Jeffrey. So then,
1: then the next one is, the tier two is Bryce, Jeffrey, Janusa, Hogue, Lindquist. No, This is not rapid fire. No,
2: I'm not. <laughs> like, you know how long it takes me I know, to make me too. my picks? That's hey, why I miss it. I think,
1: I think about it all week leading up, you know?
2: Can I... I'm not even gonna play this. Year. I can't you do have this. to
1: play. You have to, okay. Fine. I won't, put, uh, I won't put you on the spot. I won't put you on the spot. So maybe I'll pick Joel maybe I'll,
2: Chad Jeffrey. Okay. Yeah.
1: Honestly. That that team doesn't work because you have two tier one riders and a tier oh, two sh- rider.
2: But, yeah. <laughs> um, Joel Jeffrey Logan. Okay. <laughs> what about what about yeah. tier four? Um, Patrick.
1: Yeah. I think that that's going to be a good pick. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Um, I have, I had, I had one guy reach out to me in the last day or two wondering how he would do. Can you guess who that is?
2: How he would do like where he would stack up,
1: where he would stack up in pro class.
2: fantasy or in real life.
1: Well, I mean, both. I told him I'd consider putting him on my fantasy team.
2: Oh, one guy, reach out.
1: No idea. <laughs> probably probably mulls this over every year. Oh. <laughs> Joe Bird. Yeah, yep.
2: Yeah, I, heard, I heard that rumor the other day. That uh-huh.
1: he was back. Uh-huh. You texted me the other day. He said, uh, what do you think about me racing Daytona? I'm bored. And I'm like, well, oh, I... Yeah. I'm like, well, I, I, you'd be a, you'd be attempting digging deep A T B MX fantasy pick. He said, how, how would I do? I said, well, I think you could be a top 10 rider, you know? And, uh, he said his goals are top five though. If he comes out of retirement to race this race. He, well, I, I guess he's not retired, but, um, so who knows if we'll see him. So I actually confirmed earlier today. I said, well, can I talk about this on the podcast? And he said, yep. He said, yep, you can. So we'll see. Maybe, the maybe,
0: too,
1: this maybe this is an actual nudge.
0: Yeah
2: two hard-hitted guys out there john natale Natale.
0: yeah i knew you were gonna say that
2: john's like i want to come back and race i'm like yeah dude it'd be cool come race 25 plus no there's not a chance (laughs) i'm racing pro class i'm like oh my gosh uh joe the same way like joe come back and race 25 plus no i'm racing pro class Uh bring it boys like you guys keep talking about it then do it (laughs) Uh, i'll call them both out i think we had a i think we had a friendly wager last year joe and i about him running and I think John even chimed in on it. So I'll okay. call you guys out. I'm in. Just come <laughs> down and race Daytona. John's won Daytona.
0: Oh, I know. He Joe's yeah. Joe's never
2: one Daytona. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, John's got you one there.
1: Yeah. It's going to be, uh, going to be exciting. Maybe we will just see the number seven or the number 13 show up. We'll see. Um, but he's, he's at least thinking about it. Cause he said, I could talk about it. So, so we'll see. Um, I but, heard
2: that yesterday. I heard it, it literally yesterday or the day before, but I didn't hear it from him.
1: Okay. He, he texted me about it in the last couple of days and I confirmed that I could, I could talk about it here. So uh, that nice. will be another guy to watch for, but great stuff there. Sign up today for ATV fantasy. It's going to be a blast. Join us uh, in all the fun for this upcoming season. But Casey, that's a wrap. You're the man. Can't thank you enough for this. You sat here, gave us all this time to talk ATV motocross. I appreciate it so much. You bring so much to these shows. I told you last season as well. Um, I can't thank you enough for this. You bring so much to digging deep. I appreciate it so much. And, uh, man, I love that we're doing this for the sport, this coverage for the sport, not even just the pros, but the, some of the, 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 the ladies stuff, the WMX stuff, the, the up and coming kids of the pro sport classes. Um, man, it's, it's awesome. I, I take a lot of pride in this. So I appreciate you being here for it.
2: Thanks for having me as always, Cody. And anytime, I mean, I always try to set back a, we always say we're going to set back an hour and it's usually about two hours. So <laughs> uh, I like to talk. So um, no, thank you. Thank you to the whole team. Your whole team is awesome and um, keep doing it. We're doing it. And I hear good stuff all the time.
1: Yeah, I, no. I didn't, I truly didn't think this was going to take two hours. I really thought it was going to be about an hour,
2: but, uh, cause I'm like, well, man, how much
1: can we talk about in the off season? Um, but we, we covered it all and I love it. So, uh, another thing that we want to do, um, I won't ask this of you, Casey, uh, but I think I'm going to try to do because our reception was so good to it last year. The, the numbers, the numbers proved it. I want to do some more pre-race shows. Um, they, I mean, like I said, the, the reception was amazing. So I'm going to do, try to do a little bit of that, even if they're just short, um, kind of tie some stuff up going into the weekend, give some people some stuff to listen to on the way to the races. So, uh, keep an eye out for that. But again, Casey, you're the man. I appreciate it so much. Thanks for everything you do for us. Thanks for being here. And we'll talk soon. Can't freaking wait for Daytona. Thanks Cody. Awesome. Casey. Thanks so much. Man, I am fired up to go racing after that one. I have to thank Manscaped for getting Casey Greek back in here to join us tonight. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com and send us a screenshot of that order using our code for some free DIGGING DEEP merch but for a limited time only, so act fast. Major thanks to Casey Greek himself for joining us for this one. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, for all his hard work. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to all of our donors. You know who you are. We appreciate you so much. Thanks to all of our partners. CSD Tires, shop.csttires.com, Yamaha thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Impact Solutions, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the Financial Advice of the Haymar Financial Group, forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Integrated Financial Concepts and their Safe to Race and Safe to Ride Insurance programs, and Manscaped to get 20% off and free shipping with code DiggingDeep20 at Manscaped.com. Support all the brands that support our show and don't forget to use those codes to save. Find it all on our website and be sure to click those Rocky Mountain ATVMC and Amazon banners for all your gear and parts needs, everyday needs, and to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Our show merchandise, including Digging Deep shirts and hoodies, our Quad Guys Get Hot Chicks shirts and hoodies, back-to-back national chant merch, and more are all available today at shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com. If you're looking for another easy way to help support us, visit our website and click the Patreon or Buy Me A Coffee buttons. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution like Justin Branham to support our efforts. I would love for you guys to send in your questions, stories, and topics. I know many of you have suggested giving you guys the opportunity to call into the show live, which isn't really an option at this point, but this is your opportunity to call us, we'll play your audio on the show, and then we'll answer and react to what you have to say. So don't hesitate to call in and we will play your voice right here on the show with us. That number is 920-569-3519. So give us a call. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content, coverage, and some more fun as the 2022 season inches closer and closer. As for the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast. All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links, and discount codes are show merchandise. Fantasy info and more can all be found on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out today. Sign up for ATV Fantasy is now open. Get in on all the prizes, the bragging rights, and all the fun in 2022. Here's a little teaser for you. Winner of Digging Deep ATV MX Fantasy at Daytona is going to get a brand new pair of riding gear. So head over to atvfantasy.com to sign up now. You don't want to miss out, I can promise you that. Be a friend, tell a friend, please download, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And with that, for Casey Greek, Brooke Catherine, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host Cody Jansen, thanks for listening and making us the number one podcast in ATV racing with over 130,000 downloads monthly in 80 total countries. Until next time, thanks for joining us and digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys
2: were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City,
1: running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on
0: Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad leaders are freaking nice.